Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 251 for the week of January 19th, 2013. We're back, baby. Back in, well, red and gold, because that's the site colors. But uh, yeah, RPG Gamer, RPG Cast, 2013. What does it mean to you? It means a lot of news, a lot of feedback, and um, hopefully a long podcast to make up for the fact that we've been on hiatus for a month. So first off, let's get it out of the way. What happened to the show? Um, so Christmas happened, and then during Christmas, uh, I'm sad to say my mom passed away, and that led to me having to deal with all of that and funeral things and all that, and so that's where I've been, and then I needed some time to get things back in order after I got back uh, to Wisconsin, and so now we're here. And we got a show, and I got a bunch of people here with you to do a show with you. And first off, I've got Anna Marie Neufeld. Good morning. Good morning. I've got Emmanuel Marino. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And I've got John Yerworth. Sorry, I was drinking. <laughs> already what drinking. Is- it's only 10, it's 11.30 in the morning. He's already drinking. Well, it's half past five in the evening, and I'm drinking cola. I think that's socially acceptable. Hmm. Well, not in New York. Not is New it York. under six? Is it under thirty-two ounces? <laughs> yeah, but thankfully I don't live in New York. <laughs> I live in this place called England. Yeah, have you guys ever heard of this? We have freedoms here. Yeah, where big gulps aren't banned. <laughs> oh, the sad state of big gulps. Uh, let's see what I got for you today. I've got so much feedback. I think we should just jump right into it. Let's get the feedback up on the screen so you guys at home can see it. If you'd like to follow the podcast along while it's live, you can join our live studio audience, who is not really in a studio, over at rpgamer.com slash live. We do that every Sunday, or excuse me, every Saturday from 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, until the end of the show, whenever that happens to be that week. Sometimes much longer than others. So in the chat room right now, we got Silktail and Wolf and RJ Coonton... And I don't even know what that means. All right. Other people. Zera, etc. And they're all going to watch us talk about what we've been playing. Because f- what we've been playing is first, not feedback. That's right. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm still getting used to the show order. So let's talk about what we've been playing this week. And I'm going to... St- well, not this week. This month, essentially. Manny, have you played anything since our last show? I played... No, not really. No, I'm just joking. I beat Arkham City and all of its DLC. Wow. There you and, go. Um, mo- like 90% the way through, 90% of the way through Saints Row the Third. Hey, so am I. Yeah? Are you yeah. actually going to finish that last 10%? I need to do that. <laughs> I have, um, for some reason, I've just never done it. <laughs> I've been at that state for like months now. So, uh, yeah, I picked up the full, what, the, the full package. The full package. With all the DLC. All the crappy DLC. Yeah, well, I figure if I'm going to pay 20 bucks for it, why not pay 20 bucks for it and get a bunch of crap I'm not going to use? <laughs> yeah, of course. What else? <laughs> That's the most sensible thing. Uh, well, you know, there's a few costumes in there. I, I figure why not try it out? All right. But Batman, man, that is an awesome game. Have you uh, I- summoned your Chibi D homie? Chibi D homie? Oh. Yeah. Oh no! No, <laughs> he's one of I the homies. You can, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Well, Saints Row. You know, both very satisfying games for very different reasons. Uh, Batman. I didn't realize I was such a Batman fan until you know I started playing those two Arkham games, and I 
really get, get into that. I'm like, oh, wow, here's that character coming back. Here's this character coming back. You know, like little things like, oh, she does a pretty good uh, Harley Quinn, but not as good as the original. You know, those kind of little things. It's like those nitpicking. You're like, wow, I guess I really am a Batman fan. Yeah. Because it's like that's like the best Batman fan service there is. I know people think like maybe the Lego Batman games are better fans, but this is, you know, you actually feel like Batman swooping from rooftop to rooftop and every character makes an appearance. They got the audio logs, they got the in-depth character, I mean, character uh, profiles, you got the character models. There's, you know, the Riddler challenges that are basically throwbacks to every single character that's ever appeared in the Batman universe at some point or another. It's pretty, you know, pretty awesome game. Definitely worth it if you haven't checked it out. And even the Harley Quinn DLC, which you pretty much get for free at this point is worth like the extra two hours you uh, it adds onto the game and you play as Robin. You know, this is actually t- the one time Robin's actually cool. He has a cool little cloak and he has like a little bat, you know, shield that blocks bullets. It's, it's pretty fun. It's a mm-hmm. great game. I played it right around Christmas time. So it was pretty fun. Kellner man told me a really interesting story about how he killed the judge and hung him from the roof with Christmas tree lights. It was really interesting. Did you know that if you play Arkham City at, on a, on a holiday, you go talk to Calendar Man. He he tells you a different story for each holiday. Oh, for each major. And if you go twelve times, you get an achievement. Nice. That's interesting. So yeah, and The Witcher. I mean, not The Witcher. The Witcher. Because <laughs> we were talking about CD Projekt Red before the show started. Uh, and Saintro the Third. Um, Good fun. It's definitely a much better game than Saints Row 2 was. I feel like – I know old old story, but this is the – Saints Row the Third doesn't feel like a GTA clone anymore. It feels like it really – its own identity. It even felt a little bit like a GTA clone in Saints Row, you know, in Saints Row 2, but they're starting to break away from it. But, you know, you still had the generic Asian gang. You had the generic black people gang. You had the generic – was it Russians? No, no. Tribal. The tribal gang or whatever. <laughs> the white trash gang. Yeah. That's what they were. Yeah. But you know, like they got away from that. They had, you know, neo goth cyberpunks and uh, luchador gangs. Sign me up. I don't know that they're going to have any more of those games, though. No, but what a way to go out, man! Did you ever do Decker's Die? The Decker's Die mission. In Saints oh, the Third. No, I, I'm. I oh, think I'm really man. close to that. That so, is the best mission in the whole game. Yeah, Amazing. I really need to um, get back into that and finish. All it. right, let me uh, just to give you some motivation. No, I can't, I'm not even going to tell you. Just go. No, please don't. I just reinstalled a, it to my PC this week, actually, so that I could get to, back to it. I think it, there's so. a great moment that you'll love in particular during that, that one mission. And yeah, you'll yeah. know it when you see it. Cool. I like it. I like it. Like it, like it, like it, like it. Ah, uh, what have I been playing? Anna. Oh, I will say there's oh, one yeah, disappointment, though, for Tainter the Third. Tell me, if, maybe see if you can back me up on this. Okay. Is uh, the music's a little disappointing. The radio stations. Hmm. I know you probably don't remember. It's been such a while. It has been such a while. Um, I mean, I, they don't feel like Grand Theft Auto radio stations. No, but they don't have Grand Theft Auto money. But yeah. You're right. It, it just feels like kind of B-tier. Yeah. I, I, I only ever listened to the Mix radio station in uh, Saints Row 3, so... Yeah, I built my own, but even then, I'm not totally satisfied with the mix I have. Hmm. But then again, I wasn't that satisfied in Saints Row 2 either. Like, one of the best songs that I could find on that radio station was that Paramore song. Ugh... How many times did I listen to Paramore? I'm sad that I even know who they are. <laughs> okay. It's terrible. Okay. So, right. you were saying? Uh, I was going to talk about some of the stuff I've been playing. Because um, it's been such a while. Uh, let's let's do this quick, I guess. 
lots of World of Warcraft continuing to ex- get to Exalted in a bunch of factions in Mists of Pandaria. Blah, 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 blah. Higher item levels, raid, 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 MMO nerd terms. Okay. Uh, Puzzle and Dragon, we're still playing that on iOS, me and Anna both. Um, we still like that game. Go try that if you have an I- iPhone. Is that on Android at all? I don't even know. If it is, you should try it there, too. No, it's just iPhone. Just iPhone? Okay. Totally totally fun game. Uh, isn't it free? I don't remember. It's either free or super cheap. Yeah. But I'm fairly a, certain it's free. It's a it's a different style match three game. You can find a big old thread over on NeoGAF to give you lots of tips on it. And you can start hunting rare monsters with us. Uh, Final Fantasy Active Time Battle came out on iPhone this week. And I downloaded that the first day. And, you know, I was about to put up some Twitter impressions. No, about it's called... All the bravest, all the bravest, but it's you know, it's ATB, ATB active yes. time, whatever. And uh, as soon as I'm about to put up some Twitter impressions about how I'm liking it, um, I, I did the in-game tweet thing just to see what that was like, and it unlocked an extra party slot and stuff. I was like, okay, cool. I started getting tweet feedback like, oh, you know, why are you advertising for that crappy game? Oh, I didn't know you joined Square Enix's PR department. And it's like, oh, what's going on here? And I find out everybody's hating this game already. It's like, whoa. I was liking it. What's going on? So Final Fantasy All the Bravest is it's on iPhone. It uses retro sprites from uh, from the what eight bit era and sixteen bit era, um, and I think they also have premium characters you can buy, which come from the thirty two bit era that get turned into sprites in this game. They have the original music from all the games from like one through. I've heard music from one through six so far. Uh, well, except three. I haven't found three yet, but still. Uh, and the exact tracks, they sound completely original and perfect, and it sounds great while you're playing. you got the great aesthetic from Final Fantasy games one through six, uh, depending on what uh, stage you're on. You've got uh, monsters from all those games, but the battle system's weird. So the way this is, it's like, oh, all the worlds have collided, and tons of heroes are coming into one world, and they're all fighting together. Right, which means that as you level up, you get a bigger and bigger party on one side of the screen, and to the point where I've got twenty-five guys there, and you attack by just sliding your finger over them, and so you just send them to attack, and then you wait for a cooldown before they're ready to attack again. You do that over and over and over until the enemies on the left side of the screen are dead. In most fights, it's no problem. Uh, and then you have the boss fights where you might your party might wipe because uh, every time they hit a character, one of your characters goes away. So it's a you know if you got twenty five, as you're gradually getting lower and lower, you're doing less damage, and then eventually your party's completely wiped. You can uh, get your party back by either waiting. I think your party regenerates in an hour or three hours or something, or you can just uh, you know use an in-app purchase item to get your party back immediately. Um, Single time use, though, right? Oh, yeah, single-time use, absolutely. Um, and so you can do that. Uh, I just wait because I'm not going to spend money on in-app purchases for something like that. Uh, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm used to time management games where I have to go play something else for a while. I've got plenty of other things to do, so I'm okay with that. Uh, and so that's, you know, the, the battle system's kind of not very involved, but it's really easy that you can um, play with just one finger, and you can play it really quickly, and the battles are quick. So it's really designed to be a mobile game, not an RPG. So it is a mobile game that's quick play, quick progression, easy to play with one hand. It's only four bucks to get the game, and you have the nice aesthetic and the sound and all that stuff. It's really cool, uh, and it's it's a mobile game designed for Final Fantasy fans, as our very own Michael Cunningham put it on his Twitter account. The problem is 
to unlock all the premium characters. So if you want Cloud in the game and stuff like that, and if you want to go to areas based on Final Fantasy X or Final Fantasy VII, those are all extra in-app purchases. To unlock everything in this game, it's an additional um, $47. 56 Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, 12 bucks plus 35 It's ridiculous. <laughs> Square Enix. So at least it's not $25 to buy the game like some of their other mobile games. And the game that you get for 4 bucks, I think is fun. And if you're a Final Fantasy fan and you like the music and aesthetic and just want a quick mobile game, I think it's worth the 4 bucks. Uh, just don't get involved in any of those additional purchases because that is insanity at its at its. So did you know level. that going into it that it was going to be it's like Angry Bird, Final Fantasy Angry Birds or something like that? No. Or did you have to, did you discover that as you played it? I got the press release from Square Enix and I hadn't been paying attention to this at all ahead of time. I'm like, oh, let's see. Ooh, Final Fantasy Sprites, all the bravest. Oh, I'm gonna get this. Four bucks. I'm totally on it. Let's see what it's like. Yeah, I think that's where some of the, a lot of the people are so grossed out by it, is that they thought they were getting an eight bit Final Fantasy game. Oh not no. eight, you know, an eight bit Final Fantasy fan service game. So, you know, once their party wipes and they see buy a Phoenix down for a dollar people are start getting grossed out like oh what, the, what? rage yeah i well, didn't I, think it was a i didn't think it was an rpg at any point really okay it didn't look like one it looked like some i saw those people in the screenshots like oh there's like 80,000 characters on there well let's see how this works i mean maybe it's an rpg but maybe not but okay as long as it's well communicated then i don't have a problem uh, was it well communicated no i just have low expectations for square enix mobile games I, I go and do any purchase with Square Enix knowing that I may not play this game more than once. <laughs> this is this is this is where they've fallen. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So I think I, I've just guarded myself. I saw I four dollars, dude. I saw four dollars. I was celebrating. It was like, oh, thank goodness they finally understand how to release a game on the mobile platform. <laughs> Sorta. <laughs> So that so that's all the bravest. What else have I played? There's Book of Heroes on iPhone, which is kind of like an MMO. Um, it's cards. It's kind of card based, turn based. It's an MMO without like the active running around and action elements. So it's really easy to play on the on the go. If you're looking for a little portable MMO, check out Book of Heroes. Uh, tried a little bit of Dungeons and Dreadmore like that. Need to play more. The most of my time though of gaming lately has gone into Tales of Graces F. I got that for Christmas and popped it open, and oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun with that game. Because that game is very good. It is a very good game. It's a traditional JRPG, except for the battle system's all super active-based, but that's, I guess, like how Tales games are. I haven't played any other Tales games. Um, well, but- uh, uh, the, the, the Tales of Graces battle system would only be, really be familiar if you've played any of the, a couple of the import Tales games, because that's what it's been adapted from. Oh, Okay. Uh, the so like Tales of Vesperia is very different. It's not very different, but the kind of like uh, the 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 less um, battle system, one where you basically have a sort of fixed number of combo points rather, um, mm-hmm. was adapted from a two D system used in the remake of Tales of Destiny, which wasn't oh. released outside Japan. Okay. Yeah. So it is, it's bas- it's basically that system in three D. It's Tales of Graces F. So I won't describe Tales of Graces F because I think we've had people talk about it on the show before, except to say I'm liking the I'm liking the aesthetic, I'm liking the the feel of a traditional JRPG where there's a town and I can buy items and I can run around and level up creatures before I advance the story. There's lots of cutscenes and great little skits that are funny. The voice acting's all right. 
I'm a little sad there's no Japanese voice acting, but that's okay because the the U.S. cast is okay. Um, the only thing I would say, you know, I like the music, but it, it does feel a little bit derivative at times, but that's okay. Cause then there are other times that it feels nice and epic and very grand. So yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the aesthetic and just playing the game. And it's just so fun to have a, a, just, a an HD JRPG for once that doesn't feel like they're trying to do anything crazy with it. And so I'm enjoying that and that might be disappointing for other people, but, um, I think it's like perfect for me. So that's where I'm at with that. Oh, Quinn, what you been playing? Uh, well, the major console one is somewhat unsurprisingly Second Super Robot Wars Original Generations. God, that's a hell of a name. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, I've just been posting a few random screenshots from it on my uh, Twitter feed. Um, however, what I got, one of the things I got for Christmas was uh, I basically pulled some of the money together I got from my relatives and I bought a uh, brand new spanking graphics card for my computer. And I've basically okay. spent the last month uh, sort of uh, running through most of my PC game collection, uh, testing it out. Um, it's very nice. <laughs> Is it? Yes. Good. The the improvements to graphics-heavy games like, say, uh, uh, Total War Shogun 2 is is noticeable. So what, what kind of card did you get? Uh, originally, I had... Uh, both the cards are ATI. Um... And uh, originally I had an HD 5850, uh, but I've now got a HD 7870 um, OC version, uh, which is quite a lot better. We're still managed to get for under 200 quid, which I'm moderately happy about. Cool. Um, but yes, it's a very nice card. Um, and yeah, the, 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 the difference is noticeable. It runs a bunch of DirectX 11 stuff a lot better. Uh, so I can turn, uh, like, say, for example, the tessellation feature on the, uh, from uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution on to make it look nicer. Ooh, nice. And not lose frames, lots of them. I like PC gaming nerdy stuff. That's great. We need more. Um, I actually, I, I, I mean, say for example, this. I don't think I actually bought that much in terms of stuff during the Steam Christmas sales. I did finally get round to buying Dark Souls. Oh, how's that uh, been going? I haven't actually played it that much yet. Mm. Although I did make sure to download the uh, mods for the PC version that removed the, um, or at the very least, removed the resolution limitations on it. Although I haven't downloaded the. Um, uh, the mod that uh, removes the frames per second cap is uh, I do want to try using the online feature features. And the problem about using the mod that disables the uh, the FPS cap is uh, it, the, the live will pick it up as a, uh, a cheat and potentially ban you. Oh, well, that's not good. So. But it is possible if you turn basically turn the online features off, it is possible to um, remove the 30 frames a second cap off the PC version. Hmm. Cool. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, PC gaming bonanza, you have it listed here. So it sounds like yeah. you're just going to... I have basically just gone through a lot of my PC games collection just to see how they run under the new card. Arkham City looks very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of the things I am waiting to see is uh, I have access to the not yet started Final Fantasy XIV 2.0 beta test. Oh. Um, and I'd really like to see how my computer now handles that. 
it didn't do too badly with the uh, alpha test that ran close to Christmas. Uh, but I'd, I'd really like to see how it runs now, sort of thing. Cool. That just reminds me, anyone else pick up any good, anything good during these uh, big holiday sales? Uh, I'd have a look. Uh... I know, it seems like this year a lot of people are skipping on the Steam sale, just because they had most of it already. Yeah, there yeah, was no, really nothing there for it. me. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, I picked I up... I got during the sales. Um, I picked up Puzzler World 2, um, Clash of Heroes, and the DLC, and Law and Order Legacies from the Steam sale. Ah. How was that? It seemed okay at best. Which one? Law and Order Legacies. Um, you know what? I'm not far enough into it to really give you anything definitive. All right. Um, if you like Law and Order, if you like the characters, you're going to like it. <laughs> and that, that's pretty much all I can tell you right now. Because, yeah, right, right now it's just a bunch of fan service. Um, basically, you get um, tested as you're going along and doing these interviews and stuff. And it keeps a log of what everybody said. And you can check back on the log and determine whether or not they're telling the truth. Some of it's kind of intuitive. Um, like they don't give you like a hundred percent definitive answer, so it's like, oh, I can't tell you about that. And then it pops up: is he telling the truth? And it's like, well, it's a judgment call on whether the statement he said before that is conflicting. Sometimes, so it's um, not the level of L.A. Noir. No, it's not L.A. Noir. It's definitely not. Uh, what's it called? <sighs> the what's that game that everybody loves? The zombie one. Oh, t- <laughs> it's not Walking Dead. And Walking Dead. Yeah, okay. No, this is like one of their really earlier games, right? So. No, no. When did Law of Order Legacies come out? Oh, um, right okay. before Walking Dead. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought they had a. Oh, all right. I thought it came out a lot earlier. No. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Anyways, carry on. Yeah. Um. I got, let's see, uh, I just got my uh, list of stuff up. I picked up during the Steam sale, or just before the Steam sales, I picked up the PC port of uh, Nights into Dreams. I think I may have mentioned that on the cast. Um, and then uh, Ease Origin, Ease the Oath and Felgana. Uh, I picked up, uh, when it went out on sale, actually, I picked up um, RPG Maker VX Ace, just for shits and giggles, mostly. Um I uh, picked up a couple of the older Total War games, uh, Fortune Summoners and Chantilly's, uh, Mirror's Edge, and I think that's about it. That's so yeah, not a, lot of, not a lot of stuff compared to last year's run. Oh, yeah, I got yeah, it. Just... And I think Shadow got me hack slash loot for Christmas, so thank you, Shadow. I think all I picked up was a handful of Mac games that were really on the cheap. Oh, I got FTL for like five bucks, which was fun. Uh, I think I, I got Lego Batman 2 DC Heroes for $10 on the Mac App Store. Uh, I won a contest, I guess, and, and I, I got uh, Sid Meier's Railroads for from for the Mac App Store, too. Uh, got Deus Ex, the Ultimate Edition, for like 20 bucks. That includes all the DLC, including the Missing Link nice. and all the pre-order DLC. And I also got Tropico 3 Gold Edition for $10. It was decent. Like I said, it, it wasn't, sales weren't crazy this year. I think I got better deals on just physical games. That's how I got Batman and uh, Saints Row. Yeah, I got Batman, Saints Row. Oh! Yeah, I, I already talked about New Vegas. 
yeah, Batman Saints Row New Vegas. I picked. I don't even know what I picked up, dude. I have to. I have a. I have to make a huge list of all the games I got recently. It was like Christmas or something. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Anna. What did you pick? Uh, what have you been playing? Um. Well, for Christmas, I got Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask, which I played and beat. Promptly. Is that on the 3DS? It is 3DS. Yes. Okay. Wait, does that include London Life, or is that a different game? No, that's the previous one. Why does okay. everybody make that mistake? You were saying that too. Because nobody played London, the, the last one. Well, it's I supposed played, to be like an endless RPG, and it, it is. I loved it. I played so much of London Life. I have to ask you. I'm still kind of confused. What is like? What is the basic nature of London Life? Um, it is. It's kind of like Harvest Moon. <laughs> <laughs> is it so you just sort of just go right it's day? sort of a it's sort of like a town that you're establishing social relationships and you're doing quests for people around it so where does the rpg come in it's like where's the the growth or the character development or any of that stuff um 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 so I also picked up Paper Mario and <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 2 I haven't had a chance to play either of those yet and what else did I get for Christmas? I've been playing a lot of Puzzle and Dragon and World of Warcraft and Kings and Legends, which is a browser title that I do PR for. So I like it. Chris likes it. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that I've been playing it, too. I'm yeah. level, what am I, 22 now? I think I'm 30-something. So, yeah, it's been good. It's keeping my attention. And... um I feel like I've been playing something else on the phone. Kings and Legends, um, I'll plug it since I'm not the PR person, is kingsandlegends.com. And it's actually kind of fun. Um, It's pretty basic. Um, It's one of those energy-based games, except I've never run out of energy in it. It's free to play. And so you'll actually, uh, I think a lot of people out there will enjoy just playing it casually uh it's even got an automatic mode for they'll put a basic ai on your characters in battle um it's kind of a card-based battle system you collect rare cards and uh you do it by leveling up your character fighting things and uh just buying card packs with the in-game currency you don't have to spend any money on this game and you can still have a great time getting rare cards and collecting them leveling up your characters battling they've got pvp they've got monster based bosses they've got a story mode all this stuff's in there and it's actually pretty fun, and it's free, and um, I mean, it doesn't cost you anything to check it out. So I would recommend checking it out. Kingsandlegends.com. All right, just a uh, PC, no tablet or anything like that. Tab- um, yeah, it's a browser it's, game. It's a flash and game. And it needs flash. So. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. Yeah, it um, really should have a mobile version. I think they're f- that's a mistake on their part. Yeah, no, it's I I I totally agree because it is the kind. It's got that pick up put down aspect to yep. it that. Would be really nice. Well, the one at least thing it's that, uh, Mac and Linux, though. Yes. Yeah. That's the true. one thing that I kind of like about it is you have what's called a seaport, and there um, you set yourself up for mission, and the mission timer cl- uh, clicks up while you're going while you're offline. So basically, you can earn experience and in-game currency and crystals, which you use to upgrade buildings like the seaport um, to get better stuff. So because the cards are your creatures that you summon in battle, you get an alchemy lob and you can combine them together or you can create new ones and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's that's sort of my attractive feature to it. It's like, yeah, I can play for five minutes and then I can go offline for 12 hours and I can still get something. Uh, 
trying to think what else have what else have I been playing? Uh, I don't even know. I've been playing Make Your New Cross Stitch Case. <laughs> no, you haven't. You've, you've, we've <laughs> been playing. We've over. been playing Plan a Wedding, the yeah, RPG, no the kidding. real life RPG. So. so we have a photographer, yay, yep. and a DJ, yay. How many rupees is this going to cost you? <laughs> a lot of rupees. Many, many rupees. Tingle will be coming to collect. Think you need to upgrade your wallet, Chris? I think I do. <laughs> so. Yeah, we we actually found a DJ who who will bring some protector screens so we can have a couple Wii's going, and we got some good ideas for how to incorporate video games into the wedding and into the reception. So excited about that! Yep. And I think yeah, that's I, it for recently played. Then, yeah, I think so. Hooray! Yay! Well, hold on, I've got cat in my way here. All right. Feedback. There actually is a couple of games that we've played that we didn't talk about. Let oh. me go to the 2013 completed games list. Because we did we talk about Frog Fractions? No. Do we want to talk point. about Frog Oh, fractions? absolutely. Talk about Frog Fractions. That is the most messed up game ever. It's stuff and things. It's got fractions and the moon. And a, and a text adventure, and a shop, and, and fractions, and a sticky tongue, and I get about a billion fruit. Yeah, just um, just go Google Frog Fractions. The less we say about it, the better, actually. So go Google Frog Fractions. It'll take you 20 minutes to play through? Yeah. Half an hour? Yeah. I don't know, 40 minutes? Depends how, depends how bogged down you get at certain points, but yeah. It took me a couple of hours, because I didn't realize where the fruit was. Oh, okay. You were, you were just playing for a while. Yes. <laughs> okay. And when I figured it out. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. I also so, got stuck. Had to repair the wire. Mm-hmm. I had to wander around for a while figuring that out. Me too. Yeah. So. And so, Clash of Heroes is. Yeah, I played my Magic Clash of Heroes. I mentioned I bought it on the Steam sale. This is now the third year in a row I've played it, and on the third system I've played it on. And completed. The game is good. Mm-hmm. I, I might end up swapping Cappy uh, Harvest Moon plushie for a f- Clash of Heroes figurine. The uh, developer? Nice. Yeah. Mm. Shane hooked me up. Um, we also played a game called The Message, but um, I can't tell you to Google that one because it doesn't come up when you Google it. So uh, I linked that in our completed games list. So go find it there. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get into feedback. We got a lot of feedback, and uh, yeah, we've been been piling it up here because people have been waiting for us to have another show so let's see first off from jesus zamora says hey rpg cast it's no secret that 2012 is a light rpg year especially for jrpg fans what are you guys looking for in the coming year nobody has an opinion (laughs) i thought you were still reading no that's it i'm trying to decide if i agree with the premise that this was a light jrpg year because I'm uh, not sure I agree with that. I, I would. The problem is, is I don't have the stats to back it up, so I, I will have to. Well, it, it was we had a, an interesting ta- uh, conversation while Mac was setting up the game of the year list, mm-hmm. and everyone was listing their games that they sort of like that were on their personal lists, mm-hmm. and everyone had a wildly different list, and it, it sort of like even like in, it ranged from small indie stuff to Western games. It just it didn't seem like there was that big JRPG or those handful of big ones that people were rallying around. Mm. I get what you mean. Okay. No, that's fair. 
But isn't that good, though? Because, I mean, there's been some years where it's like the staff voting has been so homogenous, it wasn't even worth doing. I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's going to be interesting this year to see what, what, what shakes out. So uh, for me, I'm just looking for more traditional JRPGs because there really weren't that many this year, especially not high quality ones. Um, so, and the other thing I would say I'm looking for is uh, some dividends on all these Kickstarter games people have invested in. Let's start getting some of these out. Hey, well, I've, already FTL. Got, well, I've already got one. Yeah. FTL. FTL. I, I meant the RPGs. Like so, what? um... Uh, I, don't I, don't think I don't think I've... <laughs> I don't think I've actually kickstarted an RPG on Kickstarter yet. Um, I think. What is Tim Schafer's game going to be? That's an adventure October. game. Oh, that's right. But, uh, Sorry, yeah, I did that say, comes out, I'd be did happy. I say what or when? Because I did actually mean when. Okay. Because <laughs> for some reason um, I thought that was going to be an RPG. <laughs> it's okay, adventure games are awesome too. Yes, they um, are. So let me think. Okay, so I can just, I can, I can, uh, I think we since we all did recently did vote what our top three games that we're looking forward to we don't have to reveal what those are but I'm, I'm pretty sure we have a few games in our head right now since we all did the voting for rp gamers game of the year stuff actually i passed because most of my ones were imports hmm. mine was actually on the list he left it off one of my big games was which was Shadowrun returns so i'm like right now it's a uh, shadow returns wasteland 2 and the South Park game. That's just because I can't think of anything else. Like all the like the real big ones. Like actually, you know, that's not true. I think Shadowrun Returns and Wasteland 2 would still be on my list of the top three games I'm looking forward to. But I would replace South Park with Cyberpunk 2077 after checking out the trailer. But that game ain't coming until 2015 at least. Yeah, I'd say it would be a miracle if that game was released in, in well, 2014. 2014. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, twi- uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is one of my looks forward, but alongside uh, Sleeping Dogs, since I know that's still in development. What do you mean, Sleeping Wait, Dogs? Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping Dogs is out. Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs. Yes. Doi. That's a game we don't even know if it's anything like what they showed. <laughs> well, actually, apparently there was a bunch of uh, gameplay videos that we didn't see. Oh, really? Okay. That you and I didn't see because right. I remember we were talking about how they didn't show anything, and then apparently, yeah, yeah, there was total. There's totally gameplay videos out there. <laughs> okay. Well then. Hmm. Um, are there any big anticipated games? I mean, next week is Nino Kuni. I'm hoping that turns out good. It's funny. I would have said. Uh, I would have said Dragon Age Three, but that's that's next gen at this point. My guess is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Right. It's been. No, I think I, I agree. I agree. I don't think that'll so, be out this year. Um, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm saying is a bi- I think the biggest games this year are going to be waste those two big Kickstarter games, Wasteland I, I, Two in particular. And I doubt those will come out this year. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're on. They're coming out this year. Hmm. The right. like, for example, the, the Shadowrun people, they're they're pretty set firm on May or June. Wasteland is probably going to hit October. I don't know. I honestly, I have no idea what else. Yeah. Oh, in South Park, but South Park. Assuming why that, not? Well, because of the THQ issues. But uh, that game was already paid for okay. by Viacom, uh, so you're just going to look for another publisher to distribute it. Okay, good. Huh? I, man, I wish Cyberpunk. Was I really don't out. think I, the list is all that great this year. Well, I mean, it's a weird year where if it hasn't been announced already, 
it's a next gen title. Mm-hmm. So That's at this point. point, so at this point, if you don't know about it, it's 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 next gen, and we're not going to see it until those new consoles launch. Oh, and even then, yeah, check it out. Um, in the chat room, Silktail <laughs> released the stats thing that uh, Trent released the, earlier this year. Um, the 10 years of RPG trends. So check it out. Total number of JRPGs every year. He's He's got it on here. And let me put it in the Skype chat for you guys. <clears throat> uh, okay. So he just says total number of RPGs, period. So here's the last five years. 2007 is 117. 2008 is 123. 09 is 173. 2010 is 132. 2011 is 150. And then 2012, it dropped to 119. So there was definitely uh, a significant number less of RPGs. Unfortunately, he does not have a breakdown of what was JRPGs year by year, which is too bad, because that would be nice to know. Oh, yeah, yes, he does. It's a chart over here. Uh, it looks actually like the same amount of JRPGs between 2011 and 2012, but both have shrunk since 2010. So let me give you guys that chart, too. So there, we got stats. You can find that um, in our features. Go to rpgamer.com, click on features on the on the side, and you can find this uh, RPG stats feature. So you can see you can see the breakdown for yourself. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I've just said no, I'm excited to see the new hardware, so we can move on to the next stage and start thinking about big RPGs. But yeah, you know, I'm generally excited about the, those two indie titles. I think Shadowrun Returns is going to be a good game. There's a big feature in the latest Game Informer that talked all about it, and it sounds really interesting. Think like XCOM, meet like XCOM with little Deus Ex. Sort of like Deus Ex in the way you approach investigations and talking to people, but then XCOM style combat. I like Deus Ex. I want more of that. When's a sequel to that coming out? Is what I want to know. <laughs> you know what that team has been working on for the last year or two? No, they've been making the Tomb Raider multiplayer. Oh, really? What a waste of talent! No kidding. <laughs> They, yeah, that's what Idols Montreal has been doing. They've been making Tomb Raider multiplayer. And, and have you seen what the Tomb Raider multiplayer looks like? No, I have not. It looks like Uncharted, except you can climb walls. Oh, Wait, no, delightful. it's just Uncharted because you can climb walls and Uncharted. But this time you use it. So it's the Uncharted 3 multiplayer? Uncharted, yeah, Uncharted 2 or 3 multiplayer. That's well, what it looks like. people like that. Yeah, but... I, I've played some of it. It wasn't really for me, but... But do you want Idols Montreal making that or do you want them making another Deus Ex? I want another you know? Deus Ex, please. Then again, I don't know how big Idols Montreal is. Maybe they're super huge and they have two teams. Yeah, sure. They're not. <laughs> okay, so they wasted two years making... You know, despite, even if it's really good, though, I feel like a lot of why people really like that multiplayer is because it was a PS3 exclusive title. And that PS3 community wanted a game, you know, to sort of play within that community. Halo, you know, Xbox 360 people had... Had uh, Call of Duty, they had Gears, which was exclusive, and they had uh, Halo. And on the PS3, what did you have? You had Killzone, and you had Call of Duty. So I think what was it called Uncharted filled that other gap. So, but who's to say people want that from Tomb Raider though, or on or on the 360 or multi? I'm just saying it's a lot of effort, and who knows if it's gonna have any sticking power? A lot, any sticking power whatsoever. Yeah. Well, at least that game's pretty much done and it's out yeah. in March. So maybe they'll move on to next gen Witcher. I mean, not Witcher. CD probably on my head. Uh, next gen Deus Ex. 
It's going to be an interesting E3. Why is CD Projekt on your mind? Oh, because we were just talking about Cyberpunk 2077 is one of our most anticipated games. See, for me, the funny thing is, is my most anticipated game in 2013 is like Dragon Fantasy Book 2. <laughs> and Pokemon there you X go. and I'm Y. You, that's the year of the indie. <laughs> and Hyper Dimension. Year of the indie. Yeah. Which is definitely not indie. It's niche. <laughs> what is an indie? And thank you, Chris, because he got me the other two for Christmas. Oh, Hyper Wait, Dragon Fantasy is an indie? Yeah. yeah. Dragon Fantasy is indie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did anyone say it wasn't? I misheard. It's okay. Uh, let's see. So let's move on. I feel on like we've letter. had this conversation 20 times already. People must be so sick of us. I know, right? So let's, 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 let's see. Uh, Shoyab writes in and says, hey, with it being time for the best uh, year of best of lists... With the being the time of year for best of lists, I'm eagerly awaiting the annual RPG Gamer Best of podcast. When should we expect to be able to hear this, Chris? Um, hopefully by the beginning of February, because I need to start doing the scheduling this week and figure out what time people can do it. So um, I'm sorry it's late, but yeah, it's been an interesting beginning of the year to kick things off here's my personal list please chip in with yours number one best rpg played in 2012 he says demon souls for ps3 (laughs) wait a second (laughs) okay uh best rpg released and played in 2012 persona 4 golden wow being in the uk i had not played this before but wow Uh, let's see most disappointing rpg of rp of 2012 shin megami tensei devil survivor 2 for 3ds First game was wonderful. I enjoyed Overclock, but this really? was poor in so many ways. Dialogue, huh. pacing, difficulty spikes. Just thinking about it makes me cross. Anna, did you finish Devil Survivor 2? I did, and I actually put it in some of my voting. Ah, you liked it. Yeah. I did. So disagreement. Best game played in 2012, any genre. Raymond Origins for the Vita. A game that made me smile every time I played it. Hmm. Uh, number five, most anticipated RPG of 2013. Fire Emblem for 3DS or Tales of Zillia? Hey, that Fire Emblem is coming out real soon, too. That's, those are good nominations. Why didn't we think of either of those? Ooh. I don't have a 3DS. Ooh. <laughs> um, we'll like have Tales a story games. about a demo for that Fire Emblem game. All right, so let's see. I, I have really to admit, though, it does look good, though. It does look good. See, he says, I really struggled to find great games in 2012. I have a gaming PC, two iOS devices, a Nexus 7 tablet, a 3DS, a Vita, a PS3, and an Xbox 360. Sure, there were several good games, but few really captured me, and many of my most anticipated games of 2012 ended up disappointing, and just not and not just in the RPG genre. Man, there were so many... What You didn't play XCOM this year? XCOM was amazing. You know, I, I'm going to agree, though. It seems like this year there's uh, a lot... Fewer of the games that are kind of in the middle ground that a lot of people will enjoy but aren't rising to the top. It just seems like you've got those few games that are really good and then a lot of crap. Well, I wouldn't say crap. It's just more stuff that particular. It's not so much crap as just lots of smaller titles that can maybe fit your particular niche and what you really like. Okay. Because you you listed a bunch of games that you really enjoyed that just aren't even on my radar at all that you were liked. Did I? Well, or stuff that you're anticipating, like um, or even just the voting. People were like in the, the RB Gamer chat. We were just talking about games that, like, oh, I guess that did come out this year. And then, like in my headspace, I'm thinking about you know 
Walking Dead or XCOM or FTL and other people have no interest in playing an FTL type game whatsoever. Uh, yeah, for me, like the weird thing is like mobile games and free to play games have sucked up a lot of my time this past year, and MMOs. We're in a weird space, man. It's it's new console should have come out like two years ago. That's what it was. Huh? <laughs> I'm still waiting for good RPG um, deployments on the current consoles. I feel like we never had that. I think I think like the amount of good RPGs on these consoles is really small versus what it should be by this point. For JRPGs in particular, yeah, for JRPGs in particular, I, I think we, right, we do have the like the Dark Souls and the Demon Souls, and that was a big deal. But. I I don't know. I think this era was the era of of the of the Western RPG. You this generation? Right. No, you're right. You're right. Oh wait, Mass Effect. Nobody even talks about Mass. Effect. Some people actually love that game. I liked Mass <laughs> Effect. Yeah, well, that's a Western RPG. But yeah. Uh, this was the I mean I'm telling you this is the, the the time that it finally exploded that console players finally got a taste of what those uh computer role playing game uh, uh computer role playing gamers have been saying for years. <laughs> All right. Thank you Shoyab for writing in. Um let's Oh, it oh, reminded me. What about uh 133? Anyone cares about that? I, need I haven't to played. Did I play I'm playing 13, right? You're, yeah, you haven't finished yeah. 13. You're really close. Uh, I was interested in thirteen three. I'm interested in it. I haven't finished thirteen two. I'm I'm excited though for thirteen three to be really awesome. But I'll wait and see. You're right though. This year was a little off. Even some of the big stuff like Assassin's Creed three felt kind of flat. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't it earn most disappointing in the voting at Giant Bomb? Uh, Everyone. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it was a bad game. That just means that they were disappointed with how the story wrapped up. Mm. Apparently, people really loved Far Cry, but that story turned to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jamaican Skillrex. Skillet, uh, Skrillex, Anna. Whatever. Skillrex. Whatever. I'm close enough. Skillrex. <laughs> all right. Sava writes in and says, Happy New Year, DRPG cast. Welcome back. I hope all you had an enjoyable time celebrating whatever it is you may have celebrated. Now let's get down to business. Number one, most complicated and convoluted RPG you have ever played. One where there were so many systems and things going on that it made your head spin. And did you enjoy it? Um, oh, man. What's the prequel to Gungnir? It's the one that Michael love, hates and I adore it. And it is so damn complicated. Yggdra Union? No, no. It was the one after that. Uh, Nights oh. In the Nightmare. Nights in the Nightmare. Yeah! That was good. That was good. <laughs> so uh, convoluted RPG. Hmm. Hmm. See, the thing is, uh, Armored Core Four doesn't count as an RPG. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the most, probably one of the more convoluted games I've played. Hmm. RPG, RPG. Hmm. I'm having trouble here. I want to say something like going back to Hoshigami, but I don't think that was actually that complicated. I think it just sucked. Um. Neverwinter Nights, maybe. Oh, oh, have you ever played Baldur's Gate? I, yeah, I've played Baldur's Gate. That's not that's that pretty complicated. convoluted. It's not convoluted. Thacko. That's all I gotta say. Well, they give you a manual. Just read it. The three hundred page manual. I have mine right here. Uh, 
Ta-da. I know this makes for great, yeah, great listening, but it was hard to get out of the shelf. See, right there, it's it is only 192 pages if you include the notes pages. If you don't, let's see, Brian Fargo letter. Let's see if we go back. Um, the index is 182. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, if we include the the tables, 169 pages for the Baldur's Gate 2 Shadows of Am game manual and teach you all about the systems in uh, <laughs> in Dungeons and Dragons Second Edition. Good to go. Good Come to on. Go. You have to be honest and admit that Dungeon Dragon Second Edition is not the easiest system to learn and understand. Better than Dungeons and Dragons Third Edition and or Fourth Edition. These are all degrees of hard and complicated. There's a reason why, like some newer gamers are are coming to Baldur's Gate and they're like, and they're dismissing party members and then they they never come back and they're like, wait, what? Or the, Wait, or, they should come back. You just have to go find them where they live. Some of them are just gone forever. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. And then some people didn't know about the... Yeah, some people walking into that game and letting, and having people die and like, oh, okay, well, I'll just keep fighting. And they try to resurrect them. Why isn't he getting back up? <laughs> What's going on? Where's the resurrect button? Or, you know, disintegration spells or people are getting petrified and smashed, having their bodies destroyed and just being totally lost about what to do next. It's called Reload. <laughs> old, uh, it's called an old game. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yes, you can't resurrect someone if you don't have their body. <laughs> no, I know that sounds, it seems obvious to you because you've been playing those kind of games forever, but you said to a new school RP gamer yeah. that that's, they're confused. And they don't know what, the hell you're, what are you talking about? I can't resurrect my guy. Yep. Sucks for you. We've been we've been going too soft on people, Manny. I think this is oh. good. This is good for people. Good for people. Jeez. In an age of demon souls and dark souls, people can't handle this. Come on. Come on. Yeah, you're right. Demon souls and dark souls make hard gaming friendly. Hmm. Compared to <laughs> some of that stuff, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, let's see. Article, okay, so in this article from Game Industry News, the god of all things related to game predictions, Michael Pachter, says that the PS4 might be announced as early as the first quarter of this year. What do you think he's smoking? I don't yeah, think he's smoking fine, any- fine weed. No, I don't think he's, he's not crazy at all. I yeah. mean, They're not going to announce it before E3. Oh, no, uh, but there's... But, not necessarily, but I can understand his reasoning why he would think something. Like, even just propose it. Uh, GDC is a good time to talk about some of these things. Get a jump on your competition, like the Microsoft or uh, Microsoft, yeah. and get developers thinking about the project and get those dev kits out there. I'm public. sorry, there are dev kits out there already. There are people thinking about PS Next games. No, no, already. no I, I, I'm just not saying. Pretend otherwise. It's not like he's dumb for saying it, though. Like, oh, what a dumbass he said that. Oh, I'm sorry. I think he is a dumbass for saying that. They're not going to announce before E3. Uh, you, you guys realize that he intentionally says in <laughs> enraging things in order to get his name out there, right? That's part of his business is to be Well, not only that, though, saying, he says things that yeah. gamers don't like to hear because yeah. he often says things that are good and smart for businesses but bad for, consu- bad for gamers and consumers. Like, he's saying things like, oh, well, Sony should probably be charging more for this and this. And a lot of, sometimes gamers don't like to hear that, but even though it's like it would make good, sound business decision, like business advice. I just understand. I've I've heard conversations from all angles about this, from lots of tech people, about the benefits of why you'd want to announce something early, why you'd pick these kind of shows. 
and ultimately like like no it's probably not best it's probably you know I, I i could understand where the reason would come from it's not like he's just pulling garbage out of his butt completely no he's yeah. pulling garbage out of his butt no I, yeah all right time to move on <laughs> Next, Ouya has been announced for Kickstarter. It's called GameStick, and the developers claim that for only $100,000 of your crowdsourced money, you can get a $79 console by April. What do you think? I don't. So this is the Android GameStick. It is a portable controller with a little slide-out USB fob, oh, excuse me, HDMI fob that plugs into your television. Uh, there's one thing I want to know first before you go into anything about the hardware. Yeah. Is it going to have its own specialized store, too? Uh, let's see. I, I mean, this is all I, this is the first I've heard of it, so let's see. Okay. Because if it has its own specialized store again, then who cares? Because Android is just getting way too fragmented. Ouya has, it's going to have its own store. Amazon has its own store. Google has it its own store. It says open. Open, so more developers can open. It's in the open. Um, it's a completely open platform. Okay. If you love creating or playing games, you will love getting, but didn't Ouya claim it was open? So, let's see. No, I mean, I know it's all open, but then it's like, I just, ah. but then the game has to be developed for it to begin with, with the controller, and I just don't, who cares? <laughs> we, okay, here we go. At the last count, there were 700,000 Android games in the Android ecosystem. So far, we have identified 200 titles that would be great to play in GameStick, but we are working with our network of over 250 developers to bring you the best lineup. That sounds like a, a custom store to make sure that the games look nice and work with that hardware. Which doesn't surprise me, because you need to make sure they work with a controller, which all Android games don't do. So, here's what annoys me, though, is the controller buttons are, instead of X, B, Y, A, it's Y, P, L, oh, it's P, L, A, Y, play. I mean, really? That's annoying. You know what? I was just thinking. I, well, I can see, I can actually easily see, like, an announcement of the 360 before E3. Like yeah. maybe a few weeks before or a month before, and then they do like the connect thing where they have this big media event. Like they want to control the media event before that, and they have like a USA Today and Good Morning America there, and then they do the E3 stuff where they show the games and the, they show the videos and the hardware demonstrations. But you know they could have like a big pre-event that's sort of like the big connect event. You know, everyone's dressed in robes and whatever. I can see that. Huh. Well, whatever. Even when Pact is wrong, he still makes a lot of money to be wrong. Interesting. So, uh, you know what it is? I think my brain went to it because I just don't care. It's just there's going to be a hundred more of these small Android devices. Let's see them out in the wild first and see what actually yeah. works. Yeah, no, that's true. So let's see. They've they've already made four hundred twenty three thousand out of their hundred thousand dollar goal. Um, that means they've got four color choices. Their next goal is to add a micro SD card slot, I guess, for extra storage. Um, yeah. It costs you 79 bucks to get in to get a console guaranteed. So there you go. Game you know what kind of reminds me of? You yep. know those uh, those Atari joysticks that you would plug into your TV? comes with 200 games built in. I really don't like the analog nubs on this thing. I don't know. They're like the ones on the, on the PSP or Vita, which is like, okay. Actually, the Vita one's nice, so. Is it, like how different does that controller look from the the Ouya controller? Uh, looks, like, looks the same? No, it looks different. It should, the, the Ouya controller looks like a real controller. This is this console and a controller. It's weird. You should check it out. Uh, uh, you, uh, Android game is getting fragmented. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, as far as the button layout, though, it's similar. Okay, so yeah. so a game that could work on Ouya could run on this, Oh, too. absolutely. That should okay. be easy. Uh, the question is, what they don't say in this is, like, the graphics chip that's used. It's just this Amlogic 8726MX processor. Okay. So, what is your 3D graphics processor? Maybe there isn't one. Maybe this is all for a little simple 2D games. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. All right, they got videos. You check it out. All right, next next thing is... Uh, oh, number four. Confession time. I have no idea how to even begin figuring out the Tales of series games. Do you play them in order? Is there even an order? Why do they have such strange names? What is this madness all about? And unfortunately, Quinn walked away, didn't he? No, I'm oh, here now. All right, all right. Tell us. Okay. Basically, um, if there is not a number after a Tales game title, uh, they're not related. However, there is one exception to this. I think one, anyway. In Tales the... of Destiny 2. No, no, I said numbers. If there's a number, that's a sequel. But that's not a sequel. Uh, In the U.S. Right, this, this is going to get complicated now. In the, US, <laughs> in the U.S., Tales of Eternia was released as Tales of Destiny 2. However... Sane people, because in in Europe, for example, we got a PSP release of Tales of Eternia, where it was called Tales of Eternia, uh, and I also own a copy of the real Tales of Destiny too. So you may want to look at the you may want to look at the Japanese series list just to make absolutely sure here. But basically, if there's no number after the title, um, it's it's not a sequel. Uh, the exception to this is uh, Tales of Symphonia is technically a distant prequel to Tales of Fantasia, but you can pretty much ignore that one. It, it's not not a big issue. Now, there's a sequel to Symphonia, right? And there is a sequel. There is an actual sequel to Symphonia. But that's just Tales of Symphonia two. That is Tales. Oh, you know, Tales of Symphonia: Dawn of the New World. Okay, Some so just call it Tales. It, Tales of subtitles, Symphonia numbers. Either way, it's a sequel. There is there is also a Tales of Zillia two, which is a sequel to Tales of Zillia. We haven't even gotten Zillia. Yeah, well, I forgot to import Tales of Zillia two, so I haven't played it yet. All right. But that's also because I haven't quite finished Tales of Zillia yet. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, the other one to not get confused over is uh, Tales of Graces is a Japanese-only game for the Wii, and Tales of Graces F is a PS3 game that was released internationally. Okay. Just don't get confused. I don't feel like you're missing out on Tales of Graces. It was a buggy Wii game that <laughs> is, you know, Tales of Graces F is Tales of Graces, but with more stuff. It's very pretty. Yes, it's very good. It made it look nice. So it's a Wii game. That explains some of the really low-quality textures I see. Yeah, uh, the original Tales of Graces was originally released on the Nintendo Wii, uh, and it was buggy. Like, really so quite in buggy. In general, the game looks really nice, but then there's some moments where you have like this zoom-in on a really crappy texture, and you're like, what's going on there? Because the rest of this game looks nice, and that explains it. it used to be a Wii game. All right. Yeah. All right. Where something like um, Tales of Vesperia started on the 360 and was then ported to the PS3. To, we didn't get know, the PS3 the, port, though. Yeah, to the annoyance of just about everyone. Yeah. I want that PS3 port. Oh, well. well, buy it then. The Japanese isn't that hard to understand. <laughs> I mean, if you've, played, if you've played through the 360 version, you should be able to remember most of the plot anyway. I haven't played through the 360 oh, version. <laughs> all right. Well, all right, you're excused. Whatever. <laughs> All right, number five. Best present you got this holiday season? Something you didn't buy for yourself? 
Oh, that's toughy. Hyperdimension Neptunia. Ooh. Are you sure? Because you had your collection completed. Of what? Harvest Moon games. <gasps> Harvest Moon 64! <laughs> you <Yee>! forgot. <laughs> Wait, did it have to be a video game? Because otherwise I'm going to say my tea stuff. Go say your tea stuff then. Tea stuff! Yay! There you go. What, what does tea stuff mean? So Chris got me a water boiler that does water at 180 degrees, which is what you need for white tea. And then he got me like a big canister of loose leaf tea and a little tea toddy that you put inside of a cup so that you can have loose leaf tea inside of it. It's super yummy. Hmm. We now have cool. tea time all day long. Tea time. I have tea all the time, yo. Thanks. All the time. Cool. Tea's fun. All we need are some little cucumber sandwiches. Anna, I'm not even remembering all the presents I got, um, which is Man. cool. This was a good year. Um, but I'm going to say Tales of Grace is F right now because that's what I've been playing the most. But I feel like I'm forgetting something important. So I probably am. But uh, I, got a, I got a Japanese dining set for two from my dad. Nice. That's cool. I don't know what that means. Oh, you know, sort of set of uh, sort of Japanese style paperwork. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, big noodle bowls, that sort of thing. Nice. So. Nice. Very good. Although you could, I could argue that uh, a, a, a better Christmas present was David being able to make it down to uh, where I was staying with my parents just after Christmas. No. Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's see. Okay. And, wait, Manny, did you go? Oh, um, no presents. No presents. All right. That, everybody, we got to send Manny a present. No, no, it's fine. He's getting you... something in the mail soon. Oh, okay, good. Good. All right. From Retro Dragon says, Okay, podcasters, I've been hearing some awesome questions come in lately and just had to ask one that has come up in a conversation with some of my gaming friends. So here it is. Do you consider yourself as a gamer or a collector or both? I've always considered myself simply a gamer, but over the years I've discovered that I also enjoy collecting and searching for those hidden gem type games. In some ways, I spend more time talking about slash hunting for fun games than I do playing. All this may simply be what happens to gamers when they grow up and have jobs and families. What about you guys? Love the podcast. All right. Chris is a Skylanders collector. Uh Uh-huh. And a and a Saturn shmup collector, and just a I collect good games because I want to play them eventually as well. So I I'm fiscally I consider myself a fiscally irresponsible gamer. That's my category. You know I would argue. Well, there's two things I want to bring up really quickly. Actually, I will bring it up after I pee. I should not have drank so much tea. Speaking of which, go right ahead. <laughs> okay. John, what do you consider yourself? Uh, I would probably cons- primarily consider myself a gamer, but I do collect. I think uh, sort of a couple of sort of series, sort of thing. Like I know uh, Shin Super Robot Wars is actually fairly bad, but I saw it on sale once for four pounds at a convention, so I bought it anyway. You know, yeah. I don't think I've actually played it yet. Um. I, I, I was actually half tempted to pick up. I think uh, Gaijin uh, almost picked up a copy of um, Super Robot Wars 64 to sell on eBay. 
And I was kind of half tempted to just say, don't bother, I'll buy it off you anyway. Even though I, at the moment, have no way of playing uh, Japanese N64 games short of going to a friend of mine in Cornwall who has an adapter for them. You know, I'll say, uh, I think, in a way, we're all hoarder, game hoarders and collectors now, just not in the way you think. Thanks to stuff like those Humble Bundles and Steam sales and GOG sales, I think a lot of us have huge, gigantic digital game collections. And we don't even think of that as a collection of games that we, you know, that we sort of acquired. We only think, I think a lot of us only think of our collections as physical discs on a shelf or somewhere. True. I don't I'm, I'm, have that know, many I, digital games. No? I think I'm the standout in, in this crowd that I don't have that many digital games because you're PC. No, because you're you know, Canadian. So, no, but even like stuff like the Humble Bundle, I have a ton of Mac games now. Not even re- Mac, Linux, PC games, I even realize. And because they would come with Steam keys, I had those to my Steam list, and then there was the Steam sales where you can get like every Square Enix game ever for like $5. I'm not even sure I've bought a Humble Bundle. Hmm. Wait, I did for my friend in the Netherlands. <laughs> yep. All right. All right. Well, with the exception of Adam, I think it's a lot becoming a lot more common where people have these big digital collections now. Or even stuff like PlayStation Plus. So, I don't know. I and you know, I feel like the better the the good thing about it is that a lot of the games I'm um, collecting in quotes now are DRM free, so I, you know, I store them on a hard drive and maybe unload them whenever I feel like playing them. But the other thing I like to do is I'm not so much a collector as maybe a video game tourist. And after I go visit like a game world in, you know, or a universe or a fiction, I like to bring back a little souvenir with me. So maybe. what is going on? Sorry that David's watching the that, uh, Intel Extreme Masters tournament, the League of Legends thing. Uh, that was just a rather incredible case of a Cassadin basically soloing a Nexus against two enemies. Are you serious? Yeah, wow. it, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you may now go back to your under- regularly scheduled podcast. For the rest of us who have no idea what happened, don't feel bad. This break brought to you by LolCast. Yes. All right. Um, okay. Oh, I was just saying really quickly. Is it more like a little gaming... Um- Souvenir, so like maybe like a, a a cool collector's edition or some cool piece of gaming swag. Maybe like a souvenir from the world. Like, oh, this is some poker chips from a Fallout New Vegas. So they just look at that. I'm like, oh, that was a good game. And like maybe that's enough for me, you know? Okay. A little trinket from the game world. Fair enough. All right. I think that's good. But you know, it's funny how we said that little thing about how... Uh, Oh, because he's getting older, maybe he doesn't have enough time to talk about games, so he collects them. I think we have a different outlet. So instead of collecting it, maybe some we'll just talk about it on a podcast every Saturday. True. Yep. So. That's a good point. All right. Let's see. What's our next letter here? Uh, oh, Nova King says, Dean, oh, excuse me, Dean Nova King is that Nova Kane? No, it's Nova I, that's Kane. what I thought too. Yeah. Like, is he a dentist? I, I was wondering if Nintendo or anyone else created a Pokemon MMO in the same vein as the newly announced X and Y games. Would any of you play it? Uh, yeah. Anna, would you play it? No, because I'd get too addicted. Ah, in other words, you would. Also, wait, can, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, he said something in the same vein. So does that mean like World of Warcraft and the new pet battling system? Hmm. 
that's not a bad point, Manny, since that is out already, and Anne and I have not been doing much pet battling. We've done some. We've each done some. Have you some. done collecting at all? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got a so bunch of So you do want to catch them all? Kind of. Um, I've been. I've got other priorities in WoW, but then yeah, that's one of the things I want to do. WoW's such a big game, even with Pokemon inside of it. It's like, oh, there's so much other stuff to do as well. It's like I oh. think WoW Pokemon is as close as we're going to get for a while. I think you're right, but um, if there was an actual Pokemon branded MMO, I think I I would definitely. I, I think that they're scared sure. to do an MMO because it would take away from the console sales. Hmm. I think they're also scared. Well, I mean, if you're playing the MMO, why do you need to buy Pokemon XY? If they're selling $15 a month subscriptions to people playing the MMO, why do they care? Fair enough. I think their bigger fear is is the Pinterests. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems like a lot of what Nintendo does is aimed around protecting children from the internet. So I wonder if they... I I just... I wonder how they would handle an MMO. Hmm. Okay. And it's not like the Nintendo has a company has a strong relationship with online. They still kind of messed up some things on the Wii U and got some other things right. You know, they're, they're learning, but I just wonder how long will it take for them to, to get that sort of infrastructure, that corporate culture to handle an MMO. All right. He also asked, can Chris and Michael quickly talk about your impressions of Perfect World International as I play it, but don't understand your guys' problem with it? Okay, let me be Michael. It's quite good. I like it. No, he Cat doesn't. Rules. He doesn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think last we played it, it felt like um, an extremely long grind. It felt like it was, you know, only bare minimally localized from Korean. And, um, but other than that, it's, you know, it's one of the, and it felt somewhat generic. However, uh, I think if you put in all the time and got to the high levels, you'd probably enjoy it quite a bit. So I could certainly see where people would be enjoying it. It's just... I think it was so daunting to us to actually try and get anywhere with it that we didn't, you know, it just didn't click for us is more the issue than anything else. Um, maybe the, and maybe the translation's a lot better now and it's not an issue. So I don't know. Um, I haven't touched it in years. Uh, anyway, he says, P.S. I don't know why everybody hates you guys talking about MMORPGs because they are RPGs. Much love, Dean Nova King. Thank you, Dean. All right. Maybe and, it's just a nuance when we get too nuanced into it, right? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's an MMO, and there were a lot fewer MMOs in my life, but maybe I would care about Perfect World. And um, I think that's what turns a lot of people off. It's like, there's just so many MMOs. It's like, people are sick of hearing them. They want um, more single-player experiences that are... Well, you know. I can understand. When you guys were talking about that Nexus 2 enemy, I, I was so lost. I had no clue what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So I could imagine that some people come in here talking about WoW raids and how you had gear something set 18... I just like yeah it's, it's too to it's too much minutia people who aren't familiar with the game have no idea let's see Mindvice in the chat room says your talk of MMOs inspired me to try some out after a dozen years of playing single player RPGs cool there you go, there you go. All right. encouragement we have a voicemail for our last question boop, uh, boop, boop, boop. and uh, hold on and go hey RPG cast this is Michael um Hold on, that's not loud enough. Um, all right, try now. Hey, RPG cast, this is Michael. Um, I got a question. What is what is the hardest RPG that you've ever played? Um, mine is personally Final Fantasy III, any of the ports, because it's 
that stupid magic system. But um, I've heard that there are a lot of there are a lot of really really hard RPGs out there and all. Um, you guys, you guys stay classy. I'll talk to you later. Bye. You stay classy too, man. I like that. That All was right. awesome. Thank you, Michael. Um, I think he's referring to Final Fantasy three for the NES slash DS slash iPhone, right? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the original Final Fantasy three. I don't even remember the magic system in that game, so I can't even comment. But uh, I can RPG. name two. Go for it. I can name two, but they seem like baby games now after Demon Souls and stuff. <laughs> um, Tactics when it first came out on the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. That was a. Those were some battles that were a real pain. You had to grind up all your skills to do it to get to get, uh, to get through some of those. And uh, what else? It was a uh, Nocturne the first time I played that, and I had to deal with instant death spells and. Yeah, Nocturne and Rondo of Swords is definitely my two. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out Dark Souls, Demon Souls because I find them incredibly hard but fun. Um, what's my other one? I don't know. Baldur's Gate was pretty hard the first one. Oh, see, I haven't played the first one yet, so I'm okay. waiting for some of those bugs to get dealt with. <laughs> oh, it seems like the new patch is going to be pushed. I think it's already been, it was pushed out. Oh, good. Just this week. Oh, good. They fixed like 140 things. <laughs> <They're broken. laughs> wow. Okay. The funny part yet. about that is mm-hmm. the original games had a legacy of having a lot of unpatched bugs and issues, and to the point where fans started making patch patches for Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. So it's just kind of funny to see kind of the same thing going on, like without this fan-made patches yet, at least. But yeah. Oh, uh, Quinn, John, do you have a uh, pick for hardest RPG? Um, let's see. Hmm. Ah, uh, hmm. I don't know. How about hardest want... one to play because you couldn't understand the Japanese in it? Ooh, nice. Well, mm. Mm. I know what that one is for Anna and Michael. What's that? Soccer Wars. Oh, well, yeah, I can see <laughs> the that. The left one. No, 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 the right one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, it's tricky. Uh, just think about that. I, I can't think of one that I've ever actually kind of like has frustrated me to the point where I've quit kind of thing. Um. I think out of the Super Robot Wars games I've played, uh, I'd either say MX is the hardest one, but that's because I didn't like fighting against the mechanics. Um, or the fact that while o- uh, Original Generations Gaiden was a very good game, it did have a few very hard moments in it, but was otherwise fairly okay. Mm-hmm. The game's... Uh, the, the final boss is actually fairly easy, but the boss that immediately comes before it and the major boss before then are both massive HP tanks who have a massive natural passive HP regen. Um, and they take a lot of uh, careful positioning and whatnot to take down in the time frame that you have. Um, also, uh, the Team Colosseum in Tales of Vesperia is really hard, but only if you're playing on the highest difficulty. Oh man, I just realized, you're right, Final Fantasy three is pretty terribly hard. And for not really good reasons either. It's hard for at a bad game design. Like, you know, the final area... I mean, like, the final boss battle isn't really a final boss battle. It's more like a final area. You save outside this big... My, my, who cares? There's no story. You save outside some big miasma zone, and then you go in. 
and you have to survive all these super hard fights against like behemoths and stuff. And then by the time, so you need to waste your resources, your potions, whatever, just to get to the final boss. And then when you get to the final boss, it has like four different stages. It does a ridiculous amount of damage. And if you die, you need to go back out because, you know, you save right before you get out there. Go all the way back up, do that all again, go back into that fight. It's just, I I was lucky enough to not lose the first time I did it. But if I would have lost, I never would have played the game again. I just would have stopped right then and there. Who needs that kind of frustration? Yeah, alright. So the hard, hard, hard stuff. Hard games. I don't know. I don't like hard games anymore. Eh, who has the time? I was exactly. young and who cares? You that's, know. that's the thing. Is like Hard games are really just something you conquer over time and I don't have the time. <laughs> Sorry to write all that off. For you, those of you who have the time, I envy you because you can have oh. a much better experience than I can. But go ahead. Noodles just said, agreed to, just said so in the chat. She quit playing FF3 because she kept dying at the boss. That's what Michael did. Tidwell, yeah. Yeah, I got lucky. I, I thought I lost because I lost like almost all my health. Everyone had one hit point left. And was lucky enough that we just did one big massive damp, like spell on everybody, on the final boss. And, we, and I won. And it was great. And I put that game away and I locked the drawer and I threw away the key. <laughs> You should sell it's it. done. All right. Let's see. Applications open. All right. So it's time for news. First of all, if you'd like to submit feedback like uh, you just heard us reading, it's podcast at arpinggamer.com. That's the email address. 608-729-4098. That's the phone number. And we'll play it right here on the show like you heard us play Michael's voicemail. Uh, we loved your feedback, and we it's a big part of the show, so please send it in. We need it. All right. So let's get into the news. First off, applications open for a Realm Reborn open beta test. So you want to get into Final Fantasy XIV's beta? You can apply right now at uh, Square Enix's website. You can find our story and get the links. John, you've applied for this, right? Uh, I didn't apply. If you had legacy status on your account, you're automatically in it. How do you get legacy status? You had to like do a you lot of stuff, right? You had to be right? subscribed for longer than, I think it was a period of three months, sometime before Final Fantasy XIV originally closed last year. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> but after they opened up for subscriptions again, right? Yeah, basically. Okay. After, so they re- I, after they reopened subscriptions, but before it closed in October or something. Yeah, I, I didn't qualify for that then. I'm not legacy. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to find out. There's a little section on the application form here. Um, if you have a Final Fantasy 13 PS3 members code, please enter it here for a chance to receive priority access to the PS3 beta. Is that the code you got with Final Fantasy 13? Is that what that is? Yeah, it yeah. is. So I, I originally to... applied for the old 14 beta pre 14 coming out at all using my friend's code. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good point. If it's an open beta, why is there an application? Who knows? <laughs> all right. So there you go. Oh, mm-hmm. they may be referring to the difference between open as closed as the open beta has no uh, NDA on it. Yeah, that's probably what they Well, specifically mean. the NDA, because there was an NDA on the closed beta. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, this time it'll be one you can now live stream, talk about, post screenshots of, and so on and so forth. Whereas uh, the last one, you did have to sign a, a restrictive non-disclosure agreement. You know, it's basically the, the old, you know, don't post screenshots on the internet, don't live stream it, that sort of thing. Okay. Let's see. Do I want both or just Windows? Ah, I don't care. Uh, let's see. Oh, speaking of Demon Souls and Dark Souls, 
Uh, Atlas announced that, and well, it's already up now. Uh, Demon Souls is now available on PSN for twenty bucks. Ooh. And uh, let's see, the World Tendency event's over, but uh, yeah, downloadable Demon Souls. Can you download Dark Souls as well? Anybody know? No, nobody knows. Okay. So, and as far as we can tell, the servers are not going offline anytime soon. So that's really good for Demon Souls because we originally thought those are going to come off at some point. So. They were supposed to end. They were supposed to go off the year after it came out, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I they think announced twice now. Yeah. yeah, they announced an extension. They announced a closure. They announced an extension. Then now they're like, might as well. Other stories we missed while we were out. The new Pokemon games got announced. Pokemon X and Y. What do you guys think about those names? I like the the legendaries. They look really nice. Mm-hmm. I can already tell you what the next uh, the platinum version is going to be. Z. Z. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we didn't have a platinum version of Black and White too, but I guess or Black and White. So they might not. So be there was doing no that. Pokemon Gray. So I think it'll be two X and two Y. Boy and girl. Oh, X X. No, Y Y would not be girl. No, oh, two X. X X X Y. Okay. Yeah. Just to continue with that. Uh, it is. Uh, I think we had too many chromosomes. We might get some uh, XXX. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So for those wondering, yes, this is finally a 3DS Pokemon. So it looks pretty good. Yep, it does look pretty good. It looks different. It looks different. Hopefully, it'll play different because, gosh, that series needs some newness. All Even right. the Pokemon in 3D, the battles are in 3D. Finally. Yeah. The right. only complaint I have is I wish they would have let young kids build their own Pokemon trainer. So they actually feel like more like they're a part of the game world. Character creator, yeah. Yeah, That'd be nice. like just like a little basic little thing, like maybe make it look like, make it look like yourself. Maybe pick a hairstyle. That way, when you're battling your friends online, it's your trainer versus their trainer. It feels like more like your Pokemon. Yep. Good point. I mean, it's easier now. There's a three D model, not like a two D sprite. They would have to redraw. That's another Pokemon f- stuff here. Uh, I don't know if we covered it on this show, but there is a new Pokemon Mystery Dungeon that was announced. Gates to Infinity. And it's going to be localized. And it's going to be localized. It'll be out here on March 24th. 3DS? 3DS. On both retail and the eStore. But I guess that's not a surprise. I think all Nintendo stuff's going to also be on the eStore. So let's see. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Planescape Torment stuff's going on. There's a sequel to Planescape Torment coming. What's up with that? That's like uh, a, what's his name? I, I can't remember the main guy. Mike something. Um, let's see. Do the game will not be using the Planescape setting owned by Hasbro and Wizard of the Coast, but instead be using the setting created by Monty Cook, a former designer for Dungeons and Dragons who worked on the original Planescape setting for his own desktop tabletop RPG Numenera. What hmm. the heck is going on here? Uh, it's so, more like a spiritual sequel. It seems like yeah, it's All it's right. a sequel, but it's not going to take place in the same universe. Man, so like the 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 setting that inspired the D and D Planescape setting is what's going to be used, right? So it's like Dark Souls of Demon Souls, right? Yeah. So yeah, similar ideas, I guess. Uh, many of the team team members, many of the members of the team that worked on Planescape Torment will be working on the new one. Um, this is NXL Entertainment, so that means Bre- um, Brian Fargo and Wasteland yeah. Two. Yep, yep. Uh, and they're probably going to kickstart it too. Some of the writers who were critical of the original will be involved. Uh, many of the staff who are working on this game were no longer needed for the work on Wasteland 2, so it will... Uh... Yeah, okay. 
right. So I guess I don't I don't know who this Mike person you're talking about is. That's not mentioned in our article. Oh, it was Monte. I know it was an M name. Oh, it was you're Monte. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, bad news in Europe. If you've been waiting for Nino Cooney, it was delayed to uh, February first. That's not a, not a major loss. Not a major loss, and you'll get a free download Draggle Familiar, whatever that is. It's, it's not as bad as the delay for Persona 4 Arena. <laughs> That's true. When is that coming out? Uh, March now. March? I don't know. Oh, wow. Is it still yeah, January it's, 22nd? It's, oh, go ahead. I can't remember. Uh, it, well, obviously, it should have came out, what, you know, last year by quite a way. But hmm. uh, no. Uh... Um, Wiki still says TBA 2013, but I could have sworn they actually announced a release date for it somewhere. Is it still January 22nd for North America? Yes, it is. Still the right. 22nd here. You guys getting your collector's edition? Yes, I am. Well, it comes with two stuffed animals and uh, the book, right? Yeah, I can't wait. Right. That's going to be fun. pretty good. Of course. Yeah, we're going to end up getting like four copies. <laughs> People in Canada had them shipped here before there was Canadian shipping as an option. Yep. So, so I'm going to take them home and ship them to them. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, Canada just recently got Amazon Prime. Two-day shipping. Oh, nice. Yes. Good this job. This week, actually. Ooh. And pretty soon, I'm sure they'll be adding on Amazon Instant Video. I mean, to all that stuff, too. So Canada's finally catching up. Now, can now you, you order from Amazon.com? My question is, can you order from Amazon.com and have it primed to Canada? Probably not. That would be nice. Oh, well. Uh, there's a demo for Fire Emblem out now on the D- Nintendo 3DS eShop. So if you want to try out the new Fire Emblem and you have a 3DS, you should get right on that. The game's coming out February 4th, so do that. I should do that. Yeah, man. You could have talked about it on the podcast. I could have. Um, I didn't even realize that. So I'm going to oh, go to my eShop right now and do that. Are you going to live stream it to us? No, I'm not. Is but... it going to be like the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, comment? Video commentary? Okay, right now you see, I'm pressing the start button. The demo is starting. I'm looking at these guys and he's, he's walking over. Come to the darn eShop because I don't know where to find stuff. Um, yeah. It's like the PS3 store. It's like, I Wait, no I thought idea. the new PS3 store is much better. Not to me. I I have trouble finding navigating the new store. I don't like it. I like the old PS3 store better. I knew where everything oh, was. Such a hipster. Sorry. Why is that hipster? I don't even understand that. It was cool before it changed. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Ugh, it's so over, man. It's better. So over. So I'm in the demos section on my 3DS, and I don't even see it in here. Where is this demo? I've got demos for, like, Kingdom Heart. This isn't even like on a, here. Man. It's not Where's even on here. They oh, lied. My glasses. Where they, are my teeth? They lied to me. Where's my Fire Emblem demo? Did it get delayed? Where's my Fire Emblem demo? I yeah. don't know what's going on. Ooh, Crashmo. I should actually look at that. <laughs> uh, is this bad news or good news? Terra, the MMO that was uh, one of the most recent uh, full subscription MMOs that came out, no longer going to be subscription. As In February, it's going to go free to play. We so, should have uh, Sarah McGar on the podcast. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the only two people who actually care about that are Mike and uh, Noodle. Yeah. And neither of them are on the podcast. So well, I, I, might, I might install it again now that it's free to play. I was just at the point where I was no longer comfortable paying for it because I wasn't playing it enough. 
So this is good news for me as far as Terra goes. Terra is a fun game. It's an action-oriented MMO, and I think having it free to play and getting more people to try it out will be good for them. And of course, they'll still have an, a subscription st- option and all that stuff. So if you want all the good stuff and more inventory I, or whatever the heck it is, yeah. I, I think as pretty as the game was, uh, the problem, the the major problem I have with it was it was way too grindy for me. Yeah, and, and this is coming from this is coming from someone who played Final Fantasy XI for. Uh, eight years mm, that's fair that's a fair complaint okay so i actually can't find this fire emblem demo so i don't know what's going on um supposedly it's up but i can't find it so that's that's my update to that news story all right let me check the app store let me see if it's in here what in the app store <laughs> the <laughs> ios app store okay <laughs> Uh, let's see. We got a new game coming, an action RPG coming from Spiders Games. It's called Mars Warlogs. Um, it's the same people who developed Orcs of Orcs and Men. Mars Warlogs and, uh, will of Orcs and Men and Games of Throne and the Game of Throne game. Ah, okay. Which Game of Throne um, game? The RPG. The, that is not, not a good recommendation. Oh no, no. The, the, it's 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 a pretty bad uh, track record so far. The of Orcs and Men was mediocre, and the Game of Thrones was mediocre, and. Uh, this looks mediocre. Basically, what happened is it was a much bigger game originally, mm-hmm. but it seems like they pared it down quite a bit. And even on their on their main page, they're calling it sort of a – we reshaped the story and we turned it into a bit of a short story to fit the sort of download format. So this game, you know, it seems like at one point it was going to be a big retail game. Now it's a PC and Xbox Live Arcade and uh, the PSN store. It's a action RPG, sort of like this short little. They're calling it like a little short story set in this universe, among many other unit, like uh, in the Mars universe, whatever. Like as if we know what that is. But so uh, basically, Mars is run out of water, and Mars is, or like there's a there's a water problem on Mars after it's been colonized for 200 years. Mars has moved closer to the sun for some reason, and now the radiation levels have increased on the planet, and people are getting mutated, and others like this. This sort of uh, war, these uh, sort of, not really war tensions between mutated the mutants and mutated humans and like normal people. Um, it sounds interesting. I mean, if anything, it's interesting just because it's not another fantasy RPG and it's a downloadable game. But like Anna said, that's not it's not I'm very sorry. promising. This sounds terrible. Does it? Your well, mileage may vary. Okay. okay, so I just searched for fire on the Nintendo 3DS eShop, and I found Fire Emblem. You click on that, even though it looks like the retail entry, then you can find the demo and download it. So that's what's going on there. Look, I'm interested in it because I feel like those guys, that team is on the verge of doing something really good. They're on the verge of it. You know, they feel like a CD project without the without the polish. Mm-hmm. All right. They have... They have some good ideas. I mean, it's interesting, but it sort of it seems like they just kind of stumble in the polish and execution. Mm-hmm. Well, have you seen screenshots at all? Anybody see what the Mars game looks like? No, just the the video here. All right. Oh, I guess yeah. Here's the video. Here's the screenshots. It looks looks okay. Well, it's, you know, who knows? Yeah. Did you have any idea what the price is? Uh, doesn't say. It's going to okay. be uh, PSN XBLA PC. I'm guessing like fifteen twenty dollars. Yeah, I would assume so. And they say short story, like they they keep on saying short story. So it makes me think it's not terribly long. Like, Mm -hmm. what would you think? Like ten hours or less? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. We've also got some downloadable news in the area of Disgaea. Anyone who liked Disgaea one and two and want to play it again, but not on their PSP, 
you have an option because you can download it and play it on PSN. So right there on your PS3. <laughs> so is that confusing? PS2 games playable on your PS3 even though they have PSP ports. Yes. There you go. Anyone going to do this? Well, at this rate, if they get all these... Uh, hang on. on my, my friend has locked himself out. Hang on. <laughs> okay. I was just saying, at, this at this rate, we won't, we won't have to complain about backwards compatibility. Yeah, everything will just be on there. Yeah. Good yep. point. All right. This guy and this guy to arrive on the PSN. All right. Xseed had a big announcement this week. Uh, the third game of Operation Rainfall is coming to the U.S. Xseed is bringing Pandora's Tower out to North America. Uh, it'll be out in spring of 2013, and there'll be more details later. And uh, that's it. We've got this a review is, up of the European version on our site that you can read uh, just to know what to anticipate. This has sparked a fairly fierce debate about whether Operation Rainfall was successful or just had good timing. Eh. Seems successful to me, but whatever. What's not successful is the fact that they're now considering themselves the premier Japanese news game blog, but whatever. Uh, why not? Let them do whatever they want. Uh, Who? Rain. Rainfall. Please. Oh, okay. So they, they've, they've continued in operation as a news blog for Japanese gaming news. So, <laughs> so, uh, and apparently Kickstarter news. So whatever. Ooh, interesting. And Might and Magic Heroes, which is not RPGs. So, I don't know what that means. Okay, uh, moving on. Xseed brings Pandora's Tower. I already read that. Atelier Aisha. That's the next Atelier Alchemist game. We know, no, it's coming out in Europe on March 8th. Uh, let's see. And it is coming to the North America on March 5th. And Tech McCoy is going to be publishing the title. NIS America is going to be um, localizing the title. And uh, this is, of course, because Tech McCoy bought Gust, which is the developer of the Atelier games. And so they don't, uh, you know. It, it makes more sense for the publisher who owns the developer to actually do the publishing. But NIS has been doing the localizations, and fans are very happy with that. So they're they're doing the localization of this game at the very least. It is the fourth Atelier game for the PS3, and uh, it is it is the first one not to be part of the Arland subseries. So I guess this is a whole new story. So just some commentary because Chris and I discussed this over the weekend, mm-hmm. and um, for anybody who's not aware, this is actually very common for a a medium-sized company to license out a smaller company to localize the game. Mm -hmm. Because I know a few companies of that particular size that that's one of the things that they do. So, carry (laughs) on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I actually don't work for any of them. Uh Technically. All right. So, let's see. Monster Hunter. We've got news on that. So people have been waiting for Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, which is the expanded version of Monster Hunter Try. You can now know that it is coming to North America on March 19th and in Europe on March 22nd. Uh, Let's see. Both versions will be downloadable sometime after the retail release dates, shortly after. Um, And it's going to be out, I think, on 3DS and Wii U on the same day, right? There will be a demo for the games on February 21st. And then some bad news, if you're still playing Monster Hunter Try, those servers are going to close on April 30th. So shortly after the new game comes out, the servers will close for the, f- for the first game. So important to know if 
there's anything you need to do in Monster Hunter Try that you don't want to be doing in Monster Hunter Ultimate, uh, get on that because you're running out of time. Okay. If you own a PS3, you've been waiting patiently for a lot of Skyrim DLC. Well, you won't have to wait much longer. Uh, in February, we're expecting to have patch 1.8 out, and you'll be getting Dragonborn DLC first, and then Hearthfire, and finally Dawn Guard. So, look forward to that, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, right, and... Let's see, the DLC will be 50% off the first week, so that's nice for the PS3 folks. So, PS3 people, I hope you learned your lesson and that you don't buy any more deal, uh, PS3 Bethesda games. <laughs> uh, let's see, gas-powered games. These are the people who made Dungeon Siege and some other games. Uh, they're, they put up, this is a weird story, so they just put up a, a Kickstarter for Wild Man, which is an action RPG. And they got videos and all this stuff and backers and rewards and all that, like you do with a Kickstarter. They got 1.1 million. They're at 226,000. And then shortly thereafter, they announced that they're laying off most of the of the developers at, at Gas Power Games. Because quite frankly, they don't have the money to keep them hired. <laughs> so and they, if the Kickstarter is successful, there's they may hire them all back. Yep. <clears throat> if they don't have jobs by then. And they've actually, the person in charge of Gas Power Games has put out a plea like, do you guys want us to continue the Kickstarter um, or should we just cancel it now? What do you guys think? Because if we continue it and get funded, yeah, we can probably hire some people back and try and get this game made. Uh, If you guys think this is just a waste of time and you don't want your money being at risk like this, then we can just cancel it right now. And a lot of like game developers are sort of rallying around them like, come on, we can't let these guys die. Let's Mm -hmm. put some money in and save them. But I'll be honest, just personally, I don't know if like a Kickstarter is the right place to like sort of save a dying studio. Well, if it's a place to launch a new studio that has no fun- funding, why can't it be a place to to well, salvage one that has no funding at the end of its life? I guess, but it sort of seems like sort of I don't know. It sort of feels like if it if it's sort of dying, there's maybe a reason. Hmm. Okay. I, I'm just saying I don't know all the financials about why they're in the situation to begin with. Right, right. And it just seems like, well, I'll throw in some money and maybe we can save them. And then maybe they'll build the game. And then maybe it'll all work out. Maybe those people who are fired will get their job. It seems like there's a lot of maybes. There are a lot of maybes. Redmond Washington saying. Company, gas-powered games. And uh, I guess this will be the end of Dungeon Siege, right? But who knows? Maybe... do you. Maybe this will be this big gaming rallying cry where we save this studio. Now they're going to make us a great game in two or three years. If they don't <laughs> two or three years, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. They'll have to put it out quickly, won't they? I wonder if it'll be the scope. I saw those videos. It seemed like a pretty ambitious game, all the uh, the concept art and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? It just seems so up in the air. Who knows? Yeah, they're going to have to get funding from more than just the Kickstarter to keep going with the team that they'll need, I bet. Have you been watching the Double Fine Adventure Game uh, documentaries? I have not. Fantastic. And the most recent one dealt with one of the problems where they're in a situation where they're kind of running out of, running out of money for their project. And they oh. have to make some hard decisions where it's like, do we scale back on the game? Do we get more funding? Do we, you know, and, and eventually they, you know, they sort of figure out where it's like, well, is, is the, the answer is never A, B, or C. It's sort of all of the above. Now, mm-hmm. I think part of the problem that they don't address in the Double Fine video is feature creep. 
Yeah. They don't discuss it at all. And I think that's a really relevant part of the development process that everybody comes to this point. It's like everybody – yeah, everybody comes to a point in development that it's like do we add more time? Do we add more people? Do we fire people? Do we add more money? And I I think what he came to – the reason was like maybe we do a little bit of each – every single one of those. Right. So you're absolutely right because – you know, when you conceive of these games, you don't know quite. You have an idea what it's going to be, but then once you actually start playing the game, you're like, "Oh wait, this system isn't fun unless we add this on top of it," or "Oh, this is a great idea. When we make this, it'll make the game that much better." And you're right; it just adds more creep, more time to development, and there's just the debug, the bug fate. I mean, the clean the bugs and making sure the graphics. Are, yeah, but it just will the money will the 1.1 million be enough to save keep the studio going for that long? So you have been watching those uh, documentaries, Anna? She disappeared. Pretty good, right? So I mean, it's it's a great look at like just where they had like very candid discussions. It's like, what what are you going to (laughs) do? And of course, I think. Well, they're still in a situation where they need money. I think they're a lot more in a, in a lot more financially stable place than this company is, and even they're having troubles and these kind of decision problems. Where future creep, uh, scope, just making sure we can finish the game because it's taking longer to build these levels in this style than we would like. Huh. Yeah, I need to watch those uh, that documentary. Hmm. Got my backer access. What am I waiting for? I better get on. So I'm wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do we think it's going to be successful Kickstarter for gas powered? Oh, this one. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Because I just saw like even Jason Wilson and Brian Fargo are back are, are throwing their support behind them. Yeah, like literally, like uh, what's his name? Dave, uh, Jay Wilson from Diablo Three has a ton of followers on Twitter. He's like, come on, guys, we can save these people. Who's going to save him? All right. Oh, do you have that new story too? Yeah, I do. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fire Emblem is getting a bundle. A th- blue shiny 3DS with the Fire Emblem logo on it will be out for the game. Uh, we assume that it's going to have the game installed digitally on the 3DS, and it will uh, presumably come out the same day as uh, Fire Emblem. So that's cool. Whoever's been holding it's, up, for, but it's a small 3ds. It is not a big 3ds. It is not an X. So that's US too, right? US and it's, Canada. Yep. Okay. Uh, Unchained Blades recently came out on the 3ds. Uh, I think we announced that, but it is out now. That is a great little dungeon crawly game. Uh, go check that out. It's thirty bucks on the 3ds download shop. Uh, uh, oh, we have some news from th- from CES. There was a fair amount of gaming stuff at CES. Did you notice all this stuff going on, Manny? 4K, 4K, 4K. Well, yeah, there's 4K televisions, but you know that's irrelevant to gaming because gaming's not doing 4K yet, um, unless the next gen consoles do it. Uh, let's see, Ultra HD is going to be 4K. By the way, if you ever hear Ultra HD, that's what they're talking about. Uh, we have two controllers kind of that showed up at at the thing the first the moga pro which is um it's gonna yeah i don't even understand it can it is a i don't even get it 
I don't get it. It's it's a fifty dollar controller that can connects to something. What does it connect to? I'm so terrible at this. It is an Android. Oh, wait. Is this the same thing as the Kickstarter thing? The Moga is that Kickstarter? No, I mean it sounds like it's the same idea. No, it's a. Oh, oh I'm so confused. It, it, oh, it's right, a, right. Yeah. No, you're right. This is something different. It, it's a uh, basically you clip your your smartphone to this controller. That's, that's why I didn't understand what I was looking at. Yeah, and then it's it connects the controller connects to your smartphone and you play games on it. Oh, this sounds terrible. <laughs> it might be okay. There's like the uh, there's a pocket cade or something like that that works like that for iPhone. Well, it doesn't snap. You know what down, it looks like? It looks like it looks just as ugly as that uh, the Razer handheld. The, the That's Razer Blade? That's Android fragmentation because they also announced uh, Razer, not Razer, uh, NVIDIA. Yeah, NVIDIA. If you scroll down, you have the NVIDIA Project Shield. So this is different. So this is a controller slash screen all in one device that. Using Tegra 4 processor. Using Tegra 4 can play Android games, but it can also play um, x86 games by. by streaming them off of the newly announced NVIDIA grid type project, right? But which is like a basic a streaming card you put into your 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 box. Well, yeah, so there's like two ways to do grid. Like there's the yeah. one that companies can license and stream games to you, so NVIDIA wouldn't do it directly. And then you can stream games from your NVIDIA powered I assume NVIDIA powered your PC to this little handheld device. I think and, it was a card too, right? Wasn't it a streaming card particular? I think it just as long as it and it's any NVIDIA card. Okay, and then you can hook up your Project Shield to your TV using yes. an HDMI cable. Yes, and then <laughs> and then play split screen on your TV with your with the Shield thing. So it's a little portable console streaming device. Oh, and it's, this is going to have its own Android game store separate yes, from all. This will have games. its own Android game store, but you know what? I kind of like this more than the other ones I've seen because this will let me play PC games on my couch. So sort of like taking Wii up U the TV. Controller? Say what? Yeah. So like Wii U controller? Yeah, it gives yeah. me that Wii U controller experience. Yeah, but are you willing to pay like the thousand dollars this is going to cost? Oh, is it a thousand dollars? No, it's going to be expensive though. Oh, that's how much, much do you think it's going to be? Uh, I, I know it's, a, it's like a ridiculously high price. Well, probably not then. Well, let me see. I, let <laughs> I'd me, rather put that talk. money into a better graphics card on my PC, honestly. Let, let me let me see around if they mention any price projections. You 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 go ahead. Uh okay. Uh, additionally, they have the the Razer Edge from Razer, which is an all-in-one gaming tablet. This thing's crazy. So it's it's it is an Android tablet, right? No, it's a Windows 8 tablet. Sorry, this the Edge is a Windows 8 tablet, and Wait, it comes uh, with the ARM, a, RTM, or uh, x86. X86, right? Okay, so it's a real gaming computer tablet then. It's a PC, it's a console, Windows 8. They don't specify, I believe it's I believe it's x86. I'm sorry, I don't okay. have a story that confirms it for me right here. But I, I did watch some videos on this. I believe it's x86, so it'll work with games. Because it's going to work with Steam. Um, big okay. picture oh, mode okay. and stuff like that. Um, and it has a little snap-in controller holder for this tablet from Razer that puts two extensions on either side of the tablet in widescreen mode that gives you analog sticks and buttons. Uh, so you have D-pad, buttons, and analog sticks. And so you can hold the, the, the tablet up and have controllers for the tablet. So that it's an all-in-one gaming device. And Wait, you can take the tablet... Wait, now this actually is $1,000, right? Yeah, this is $1,000 to start. 
there's multiple <laughs> specs. There's a higher spec that I forget how much it is that has better RAM and better processors. Um, this story kind of sucks. I, I've seen better better write-ups of this. All right. So, and you can also take the, the tablet. You can attach a keyboard to it and a mouse, and, and you can do all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, and so you, it is your portable gaming tablet. So it's meant to be like people have portable gaming PCs. Well, you just want a tablet to use less space. You can do that, except the controller thing doesn't look all that easy to travel with to me, but maybe you just do that when you're at home. Um, it can play games like Dishonored, Dirt Showdown, Civ Five. They, they they did demo it playing all those games. Um, Dishonored looks okay, apparently, so that's... You know, that's a good sign. So it's got some decent specs on it. It's a, it's a, it starts at a grand and Wait. there's a, and there's an up, there's an up spec version that costs more. Is it using an integrated graphics? It would have to be using an integrated graphics card, right? Nah. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can find it. So is razor. it running just like Ivy Bridge or like Haswell? Let's, I'm not watch the specs. Haswell? Let me find the specs. They've got it on their site. Razor Because the thing is, like for a thousand bucks, you can just get yourself an Ultrabook. Which is it, is an, prob- it is an integrated NVIDIA GeForce GTX 660M. Oh, that's what's that's in the... That's a straight-up mobile... That the is MacBook an, Air, 15-inch, yeah, right? Uh, the Retina? I think so, yeah, the 660. This is a, that's a decent-powered laptop card. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's got a Core i7 Intel processor in there. It's a quad-core processor in that tablet. <laughs> uh, two, uh, eight gigs of RAM. Is this the... Is there only the one spec? Man... Man, it's it's pricey though, for, and it seems like a big novelty for. Oh, sorry, that's the seventeen-inch razor blade. Jeez, that's a laptop. My apologies, people. That the specs okay. I just gave you are the laptop. Yeah, because I thought that was the card that was that the yeah. Mac, that, that runs the MacBook Pro Retina. No, and you're I right. That you're was... right. Right. Sorry. Sorry. That was the the blade. That's the one that has the. That that's the twenty four hundred dollar laptop. I just read the specs of twenty five hundred dollar laptop that has the programmable OLED buttons on the side that the you can change the pictures underneath that's 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 kind of cool but uh let's see razor edge specs let's see give me the edge 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 um tech specs all right here we go this is a core i5 dual core in the tablet four gigs of ram the video is um it looks like two different video cards, an HD 4000 built into the i5 chip and a GT 640M from NVIDIA. So it does have a discrete graphics card with one gig okay. of RAM on it. So it runs Windows 8. It has a 64 gig SSD in that tablet, and that's 1,000. Um, and then there's also, if you don't like that, there's the Razer Edge Pro. And with the Razer Edge Pro, you get a Core i7 dual core, 8 gigs of RAM, and still the same graphics and a bigger SSD. So. That's expensive, though, man. The Pro will run you 1300 versus 1000 So you're basically just paying for portability, though. That's really what you're paying for. You're paying for portability, yeah, because you're right. You could do similar spec. Well, you got an SSD drive in there, but, yeah, you could do a, a, probably a, a similarly spec laptop for less money, couldn't you? And then just get, like, a 360 controller and plug it in. Yep, and you're done. Right. Wow. Well, I think the, one of the craziest things I saw at CES is, did you see this Kingston HyperX Predator one terabyte uh, USB 3.0 flash drive? No, I did not. I want to check that out. Kingston okay, so, HyperX Predator. All right. One terabyte USB 3 flash drive. It's ah. a one terabyte flash drive. It fits in your pocket. Ah. Um, let me give you an idea of 
the, there's, they haven't announced the price for the one terabyte version yet, but yeah. to give you an idea how much this one will cost, the the 512 megabyte version, no, not 512 gigabyte version, the, it, uh, costs around one thousand two hundred dollars. <laughs> so okay. you can imagine how much the one terabyte version is going to cost. Ooh, it's fast too. Could you imagine losing that? Um, you put that, that in your bad. pocket, yeah. or you you leave it in your pocket, your pants, and you wash it. You would never forgive yourself. Currently available 512 gigs. One terabyte will be later in the first quarter. <laughs> it's a $2,000 USB flash drive. That's crazy. Oh, I love CES. <laughs> oh, wow. This is all weird, though. I don't. I. I, I just. I don't know. Do you see Nvidia becoming a, like a viable portable gaming? competitor i don't know what they're doing and they're trying to get into cloud gaming providing and stuff so i things gonna yeah. happen this year things are do you think it'll happen. do better than this than the vita what this shield no of course not <laughs> no i don't yeah. think they're trying to because you know it's not truly portable right oh it is if you play the android games yeah i guess no. <laughs> hmm all right. Diablo 3 had some shakeup news. In addition to finally getting dueling with their latest 1.07 patch, we've also got news that Jay Wilson will be leaving his position as director of Diablo 3. Um, his excuse is that I've been working Number on this thing for... people s- surprised? Yeah. He's been working on it for seven years and he wants to do something creatively new. He's not abandoning the game. Blizzard is not abandoning the game. He's just changing positions. I'm going to find some other role in the company. So there you And go. PvP Arena is still to be determined when yeah. that's going to happen. Well, you you have PvP in there now, though, or sh- shortly. Well, that's not at all what they were. All you no. can basically do is just duel somebody. But right. remember the big Yeah, but people are bitching that you couldn't even do that. So that but should help. <laughs> it should help. But the big thing that they've been showing for years yeah. is nowhere near done. Yeah. Well, because they scrapped it. It's essentially scrapped. They're starting over looking for something more fun for PvP. So I guess that'll come out. They, when, I mean, they uh, put a big up. They put a, comes out. Yeah, they put a big notice up that the you know the Diab- the multiplayer arena multiplayer is inevitably in indefinitely delayed just because they they haven't been able yep. to make it fun. So they got to go back to the drawing board on it. I'm guessing we won't see it until the next expansion. It'll probably be one of the selling points. Yeah, along with a uh, dance studio and aerial combat. I'm sure. So um, we were having a discussion on the. A drive home about things that were on World of Warcraft boxes that were never actually put in the game. Yeah. On the, on the box, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And both like of those what? things are on the expansion boxes, but not in the game. The dancing? Dance, Dance studios studio? and aerial combat. Huh. Yeah. All right. Guild Wars 2 is an update, and they are going to allow people to visit other people's worlds. So if you're on a different server than someone in Guild Wars 2, you'll be able to go and and guest. It's called guesting and join up with them in their world starting on January 28th. So there you go. Uh, And you should probably select your intended permanent home world before that because there'll be transfer restrictions afterwards or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. So, and uh, other news, Monster Hunter 3 Wii U is going to have a day one patch that adds USB keyboard support. (laughs) Big news, right? All right. (laughs) And what else we have? Oh, I'll leave you with this story, people. Uh, Bethesda has filed a trademark for an ongoing television program using the Fallout name. 
So are we going to get a Fallout TV show? I'm not sure how a Fallout TV show would work. Hmm. Walking Dead? I was going to say, unless it was as good as The Walking Dead. Uh, if they got some of the same writers in, maybe. Hmm. Uh, the, the person who voices the Galaxy News Radio host, DJ in the game, 3Dog, said, To all my Fallout 3 and 3Dog fans, there may be more of the dog coming, fingers crossed. Well, the big rumor is that Fallout 4 is taking place in the Commonwealth. Ah, okay. Uh, you know, Boston area, the Commonwealth. Yeah. Uh, and remember, there was like a storyline that had to do with the Commonwealth in Fallout 3 with the android. Okay. So you think a little bit more cyberpunk. These are all just rumors. You're just think more right. cyberpunk, big cities, lots of androids, sort of Blade Runner-esque. Hey, if it's true, it could be awesome. What do you think they should do to a Fallout game for Fallout 4? Do you think it should be very much like Fallout 3, or should they make some changes up to kind of get some of those people who rejected Fallout 3 back into it? Oh, forget them. For, forget uh, Fallout 3 okay. was a huge commercial success. Those okay. guys don't matter, honestly. Okay. So no changes at all, then? Nothing well, to make it more RPG-like? Uh, well, or? The only way you could satisfy them is to make, like, a Fallout 2-2. Two, two. I mean, Fallout, um, you know. Yeah. Or Fallout 1. You know, just make a direct sequel to that well, top Kind of make style. it less shooty, right? Or more, I don't see make it more, that. okay. Okay, then. I just, I just can't imagine. Make it more turn-based, but I guess that would be hard to do, wouldn't it? I, if anything, they're just probably going to refine what they have with the VAT system, right? So yeah. Make it a little I, easier to use. I hope they do something with the VAT system. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our news for now. Oh, I have a couple stories. Oh, go for it. Okay, so uh, Cyberpunk 2077, was it last week or this week? They had their first teaser trailer. Yes. Showed off the game a bit. And what did Check we learn from that trailer? Uh, we, the setting. Oh. No, just a bit, like a basic idea of what they're going for visually with the setting. Yeah. Uh, a few things they showed off the. You're gonna be. I think you're gonna play as a. They showed off the Psycho Squad, who uh, sort of hunts down humans who have gone psycho when they have too many. You know, when human in this world, when humans get too many augmentations, or like or get just too many like brain or body augmentations, they, they have a tendency to go psycho and kill all like anyone who's human. Yeah. So you're going on a rampage. Psycho Squad's there to take them down. So you got a little glimpse of the Psycho Squad, and uh, was gone psych. Uh, you see, you know, basically, just see what they're doing. They're trying to go for aesthetically, flying cars, the bullets, and they're saying that the that 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 looks like a CG trailer, right? But they're saying that that's what they're aiming for the in-game graphics to look like. <laughs> okay, it it could happen. The game's like three years away. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. So it's yeah, not coming my, out. To- my com- if my computer can't run like twenty. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 make it look pretty I'm going to be very disappointed and probably have to upgrade my computer again <laughs> you know this you're is... going to have to everyone's going to have to upgrade their computers because I think the qual- when the the game is going to change when these new consoles come out you know because basically all the games that we've been running for the last few years are basically just very pretty up 360 and PS3 games I'm telling you the big console ones right so you, I mean everyone's saying that you're going to need, what? You're gonna need like, no no Wait, from an artistic standpoint or a programming standpoint? What? Technical standpoint? No. No what? It depends on the developer. No what, though? I'm confused. You say they're just up games from... Oh, a long time, like stuff like Far Cry 3 and uh, Sleeping Dogs. Okay. Follow... That's some, the kind games, of stuff I'm talking about. some games that are multi-platform have a different development team for their consoles and... PC for sure. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying okay. though. I mean, 
But I got time really though, confused like, by your statement there. That's why I was making that. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, like you hear a lot of talk on the like a, from a lot of develop, like once these new, uh, once these consoles come out, they're gonna and we start getting the PC versions of those games. On you're gonna need a much better graphics card to run them. You know what I'm saying? Like games that are kicking, like like graphics card right now that are kicking the ass of all the games on Steam right now. You know, we'll have a, a we'll have a lot more trouble playing those games when they come out late, like later this year, next year. Okay. Dead silence. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm watching though. this trailer here. It's very slow. Oh, but that's all I was trying to say. It's not that, just so much like more so than like a. Uh, you know, if you have a pretty good graphics card, you can play like right now. You can play just about anything that comes out right now, and then pretty decently well. Yeah, but that I think that's going to change once the new hardware comes out. Is all is why I said very backward, very clumsily earlier. Well, the thing is about that is new hardware is always coming out. It it's kind of it's almost like a continual stream. I mean, sure, there are a couple of like big, occasional big leaps that happen, but it, it, there is a kind of I think in most oh, cases, yeah, yeah. There's kind of I like just a think slope. that. that I think the level of games, though, is going to be a bigger leap once the new hardware comes out, right? I, I guess the, I just the way people are talking... Ah, forget it. Next story. <laughs> eh, why go into it? Well, you're the one with the story list right now. <laughs> yeah, no, so I'm going to jump on to the next one. All right, what is it? Um, so, Shadowrun, Shadowrun Returns, they have, you know, mine a little story in the gaming forum. But the other thing is that their pre-orders are up now, if anyone oh. wants to check that out. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. So you can pre-order the game for like fifteen bucks. You get the basic download. You get the basic uh, download for thirty. You get a soundtrack and a PDF anthology edited by uh, the main guy Jordan Weissman. And for seventy-five bucks, which is basically give us some money to help finish, you know, support the game and make it better, and we'll throw in some USB dog tags for you. <laughs> how, how big is the USB dog tag? Uh, they're eight gigs. Oh, well, for forty-five dollars, that's not a good price. <laughs> it's more honestly it's more like a bonus goodwill for your support so that's like we want more money hmm interesting well interesting. honestly it's more like 20 20 bucks for the dog tags and then 20 bucks to further fund the game development it just concerns me that all these kickstarter games are having money issues games are expensive <laughs> yeah but they were supposed to yeah Budgeting's yeah but hard. i mean how many editorials did we see when this phenomenon took off after um the double fine adventure everybody's like people are not anticipating the real amount of money that they're gonna need well but these are the ones from like harebrained schemes and stuff these are people who aren't these this is not their first rodeo right these are the people that should know how much it costs but apparently not you know what it is though is yes i think they want to continue to support the game like after based on what i read in the game inform article they're gonna you know they're gonna have uh they want to keep on updating the editor with new content packs and like new new tile sets, possible more DLC, and they just want to maybe add some more stuff to the games if they have if they can. But it seems like if they don't get any extra money, they already have a lot of what they want sort of scoped out. Yeah, I mean they got one point eight million from their Kickstarter, and the game changed a lot from what it was originally going to be. Yeah, Let's see. but you know it doesn't bother me that much because look at uh, Wasteland Two; they've had their oh. their PayPal store open. This whole time, and they're still selling these big, expensive tiers. For which one? Uh, Wasteland Two. Ah, right. Like you can spend a hundred bucks, and like basically all you get is is like a, a a little plastic badge and a little figurine. You know. All right. I already bought. I already funded Shadowrun. I don't need to pre-order. 
Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I forgot that I funded that. <laughs> what level did you do? Just the $15. Cool. Just the game. All right. Uh, next story is um, Legend of Grimrock. They had a pretty good year. 600,000 copies? Yeah. Nice. You saw that too? I did see that, yeah. And they also uh, released a couple screenshots of their next high, which looks like just another first-person dungeon crawler, but this time with a little bit more of an Egypt flavor. Oh, cool. It looks like I'm, – I'm looking like – it looks like a mummy and looks like – yeah, it looks a little bit more Egyptian flavor. So, but that could just be my interpretation. Is they are both, you know, it is a pretty dark tunnel. So yeah, they're having a good time. And um, what else? Anything else? I think that is about. Yeah, Shadowrun, Pre-orders are up. Legend of Grimnock news. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. It's looking awesome. Oh, the reason why Cyberpunk CD Projekt is showing off their trailer so early is because it's in a way they're trying to use it as a recruiting tool. Mm-hmm. Because you know they're ba- they're building. They want to build a large open world RPG. With you know, with graphics that look like that, you're gonna need a big team. So this sort of like, more like a recruiting tool. Have come on, come to, look how awesome this game is that we're making. Come work with us if you got some real talent. Cool. So yeah, that game's a long way away. <laughs> True enough. No, I guess that's it. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening and sticking with us. Um, we're glad to be back. Uh, this just feeling this morning feels right again because I'm doing a podcast. Um, so we are going to be back next week. I don't see any issues with that. Um, look for the Game of the Year podcast coming when it's ready. <laughs> and um, RP Gamer Game of the Year is coming up pretty soon. Nino Cooney comes out this week. So if you got your pre-order, make sure you keep an eye out for that. Check your shipping status. And I think uh, that's it. Email us at podcast.rpgamer.com. Follow us on, on Twitter at twitter.com slash rpgamer. There's a list there of all the staff members. You can uh, you can find them. And uh, follow us. Tweet at us. Email us. 608-729-4098 is the voicemail. Send us in your little segments, your little reviews. We could play those on the, phone, on the show, too. Make an MP3. Just attach it to your email. Uh, and I think that's it. Oh, I do have one parting question for Anna. Yeah. Anna, where's my yes. Mac version of Torchlight 2? I haven't even been on their forums in like four months. <laughs> Where's their, where are their editing tools? Where's their mod yeah. tools? <laughs> what did they? What are they doing? <laughs> Do they already give up and start working on the MMO? <laughs> no, uh, the MMO is delayed still? indefinitely. Still delayed? <laughs> no, it's it's now on hiatus. Oh, well, then, then they're not doing anything. I'm sure Perfect World. I don't World know really, what they're working on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Perfect World is thinking, what a good investment. <laughs> Yeah. Well, maybe know. they are. We don't know what they're working on. They could be yeah, thinking that. Yeah, I mean, bear that. in mind, they've already hit a million copies of Torchlight 2. Oh, that's good. Much yeah. quicker than they hit for Torchlight 1. Yeah, didn't they announce it, like, last month? You know what's funny? I, I remember this time, last, every single interview they ever did, every single forum post, these guys are dead. They're doomed. They're doomed. What are you going to do? Diablo 3 is coming out that same year. <laughs> Why would anyone buy your game? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Instead, everyone played each game for a couple weeks and then gave up on them. Thank you. That's <laughs> that's the most reasonable thing anyone said. Yes, Chris. That, that's what we should have been saying from the beginning. Hey, every hey, hey everyone, calm down. We're all going to play each game for a little bit and then not care anymore. <laughs> like every other game that comes up. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, as long as they get our money, who cares? Ooh, sequel to Corpse Party is out on PSN. 
That's a disturbing I game. I you didn't want to play that. Oh, was... I don't, because I've already spoiled myself. I know how it ends, and it's oh, scary. One last announcement. One last announcement. Uh, the current column has a new author. That Trent Seeley guy yeah. is taking the Trent's column. Trent's been doing a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Go check so it out. So what are you doing, Manny? Secret I problem. have secret column in the works. Oh, Ooh. I knew it. I just... Oh, you got to tell me later. Okay. Hopefully, I um, I got some stuff coming up. Hopefully, I'll get it out um, next week or the week after. All right. I need to download and play Wake Up Club. So we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for joining us. Again, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern at uh, rpgamer.com slash live. And we'll catch you next week. Oh, rate us on iTunes. Get us back in the list. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye now. All right, guys, I need to take a short break here, so I'll be right back. Manny's old music is my favorite. <laughs> What's that song I'm singing? The girl from Ipanema? I have no idea. <laughs> Your call is important to us. Please hold. <laughs> Our podcast representative will be with you shortly. <laughs> oh, Sally, this is all going to be in the bloopers now. <laughs> Like that. I keep wanting to quote Total Recall uh, here. The Mars Dave, game. David has just put his socks on his hands because it's so cold here and is now trying to play Binding of Isaac with it. <laughs> it seems somehow appropriate. Yes. It, it has been snowing here the last couple of days, actually. Yeah, snow in England. Manny, so, so, I so saw that white. you guys had a cold snap. It was 50 yeah, it degrees. Was... People had fucking parkas on and mitts. It was you guys are suck. It was terrible, man. <laughs> Quinn, it was 10 Celsius. I was I like, only, I could... It was only zero degrees here, but everyone seemed... Well, because basically what happens in England is the second snow starts falling, it basically paralyzes the entire country. Yeah, because it turns out that you guys don't know of anything called snow and salt. Well, no. No, we don't. And you, you have plows, snow, but snow, they're kind of... Snow does more damage to this country than anthrax. You know why cold bothers LA so you much? You guys have had anthrax? Uh, back in, I'm pretty sure we did back in the 1980s or something. Oh, really? Huh. But you know why cold bothers LA people so much? It's because even like in weather where people in Wisconsin or like the Midwest would wear shorts and like a short sleeve shirt. Mm-hmm. We, we, in that kind of weather, we're wearing jeans and like maybe a light jacket. All right, David's telling me there was an anthrax. No, we, we, we literally just get snow here. And that, that paralyzes the country. So, like, even, like, in weather, like, where other people are wearing, like, vacation clothes, like, in 80-degree weather, we're still wearing our thick-ass jeans and our jackets just because that's what we're used to, that kind of level of heat. <laughs> so it doesn't phase us at all. So if it drops below anywhere below that, <laughs> we're like, wait, whoa. Now I'm wearing a jacket not because it's stylish but because I need to? What is the world coming to? <laughs> yeah, it's – you'd be – if you actually look around, like, like – 
college kids, they wear like short shorts and flip flops because they're not from the state. But if you look at anyone from like really from the state, it doesn't matter. It's like it can be like 80, 90 outside. We're still wearing sweaters and jackets. And it's not that we're cold. So we're, just, we're just used to this kind of – it's just this is our life every day. <laughs> so we just wear – it's not vacation for us. It's just, well, we need to wear jeans because we need to go work outside. <laughs> so you sort of just get used to like an internal body temperature of 80, 85, 90. I know. We're very strangely climatized. So when it gets like below 75, it's like it's, – it's a little like uncomfortable. It's weird, isn't it? like 70 it's like oh it's a little cold outside you guys want to go out today it's nah, not go to the beach it's 70 <laughs> wimps you guys want to go running today it's 50 it's, nah, it's kind of cold let's not go running today we'll stay inside today and have some ice cream we'll stay inside and digest a cold item I know, I know. You laugh at us. You laugh at us. I mock you fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But would you like to live in a constant 100 degree? Hey, it could be 100 outside and I don't take I take it like it's nothing. Like <laughs> nothing. It hit 100 here. I died. Actually, I prefer hot weather to cold weather because if it's hot, you, you know, you take off your pants, you drink some lemonade, you're all good. When it's cold, you need to bundle up. That's no nah, fun. I, I, if it's going to be detrimental, I'd rather it be cold than hot. Because if you're cold, you can always put on a sweater. If you're hot, there's only so far I can strip. You should spend some more time down in Venice Beach because that is questionable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The guy – you would have been like the, the – <laughs> you like, it's like a joke and a cliche, but there's literally a guy at, at Venice Beach all the time who's on rollerblades – and nothing but like a, a thong, like this little, like a banana hammock. And it's always, <laughs> always bright orange, and he's always like slightly fat and overweight, and he has like long hair, you know, just like long flowing hair. And he's just always like just you know waving, shaking his head in the breeze, like, <sighs> and like just like doing like little spins where people are eating, you, you know, you, you know, like this little. I'm so good at my brother. Let me watch this little spin, everybody. Watch this spin, spin. It's terrible. And where you sort of go like, yep, that's, that's, welcome to Venice. Hey. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's terrible. <laughs> but there's another side too. It's, it's like, there's an, the other funny thing is uh, when it gets even a little slightly hot though, you have like the other opposite end where it's like a. Uh, it seems like all Asian American women in Los Angeles have this secret club that I don't know about, and they all agree that when it's slightly hot, we all wear tiny shorts and flip flops and a tank top. We're just gonna walk around like that all day. Like literally, you walk around UCLA. That's all. You would swear there was like a flip flop uh, short short convention. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Is Chris taking a poop? Um, probably. <laughs> Blooper section. Let's call this the pooper section. 
The pooper section. <laughs> the pooper. The pooper reel. The pooper reel. <laughs> are you in Canada, Anna, or are you uh, back? No, home? I'm still in Madison. Cool. Uh, I fly back on the thirty first. Which is why we've been like, oh, we came home when we're like nonstop wedding plans. Yeah. Can that wedding come soon? It sounds like Canada's going to kick you out soon. Don't they not like it when uh, their citizens spend more time abroad than they do at home? Uh, yeah, but whatever. Nobody's sending me any tax paperwork this year, so I need to figure out how to claim the money that I made. Mm. You got to pay for that health care, eh? Uh, I don't get healthcare. That ain't right, eh? Uh, no, but... Also, I've noticed you've become a little bit more Americanized. Your O's aren't as long and hard. Really? Yeah, your O's are getting softer. Huh. Like, when you say hello, you don't go hello or hello. hello. There is an $8 game that's rated four and a half stars on the eShop called Disney Fireworks. Really? What does that even mean? This is what you do in your poop? No. Hey. <laughs> hey now. It's a terrible, terrible thing to accuse me of doing. 